Deep Dive. We are here. Hello, Mr. Smith. Hello, Trent. Me old mate. How are you? It's been five minutes. It's been about five minutes since we last caught up. And last did a podcast. Exactly, but uh, this is a special podcast. This is a bonus podcast, a very special one. So we felt... We needed to do a mid-season kind of breather chat podcast. We would love to do more and more bonus episodes, but given both of us work full-time and, and have lives and lots of other stuff outside of talking about football... It's just not feasible. It, yeah, it's just so hard to, to do two, let alone trying to do three. But given it's, it's mid of the year, we've just gotten through the buy rounds. There's a few sort of pressing things that I think uh, are definitely worth discussing and there's a couple of things that we've kind of skated over as well and I think the listeners now are starting to pick up on that we, we definitely don't go back on, on our promise of, of not um, you know talking about the drama. You know, I saw on um, basically every AFL um, TV show and podcast this week, you know, the first 10, 15 minutes was dedicated to the Adelaide camp, which we didn't mention once through two hours of, of talk. No. And not, not once. And then the next kind of 10 minutes is about, you know, a contract. No, we didn't really go through that. No. So I guess we're not, we're not going to, this isn't going to be a camp discussion. It's more that there's, I still think there's a, there's a few things that have happened more recently that we've kind of skated over that, that do relate to the game, but didn't necessarily relate specifically to the games. And that's how we kind of dictate. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So stuff that in the future may have an impact. So regulatory rule changes. Um, yeah. What happens with the MRO and goal review and those All types of things. Of things that actually will impact the game moving forward. Yeah. If not, straight away in the next year or so and that's it and we kind of let we do the format of review preview review preview and we and it makes sense because of the the way we talk about football in terms of allowing the games to kind of you know lead the discussion but i i think given that so if you're not up to speed with this a few weeks ago now there was a, a trial that was done with Hawthorne, which um, to me seemed really strange, given that there was the whole coffee thing with Clarko, and there's a few other clubs they probably could have done the trial with that wouldn't have created the conspiracy theory. But it's, anyway... Yeah, which is hilarious, because <clears> AFL <throat> and all the clubs have said, well, they do it anyway. They've been doing it for a while. Yeah, it's, it's just not a new it, thing. No, yeah. it's just because it was at Etihad, behind closed doors, and because, yeah, like you said, the Clarko Gill thing together. It's like, <laughs> hmm, what's really going on here? Of all the clubs you would pick to... <laughs> to do it but anyway yeah. so that that aside um the, the the big thing for me with it so that they did this trial and this is this has been an ongoing thing with trials and testing out new rules so just so that it's clear this is this is not a new thing you know we've you know heard directly from players you know five six years ago about trials mm-hmm. that they've done around a number of things that it looks like is going to come into the off season so i think the other thing too is that we are i would say almost certainly going to get rule changes at the end of the year and given the way a lot of journalists are running with it it looks like it's very very certain so i think now probably comes the time to to chat about what that might be what we would prefer what we would prefer to not happen yep and kind of discuss the the overall impact that that it that it may have and i think it definitely will have in a, in a range of different ways but i think it, it's a good time as well to sort of do a bit of a deep breath and and just sort of chat a bit about the 
the season that's been it's been a pretty interesting season so far and we've we've, we've made a lot of our you know opinions known on, on a range of things but in terms of you know this, this is and then, you know they did the second trial as well with Brisbane so it's it's pretty clear that the AFLs is moving pretty seriously to adjusting some things in the game that are going to make the scoring higher and and reduce the congestion seems to be the, the major MO yeah absolutely they've got obviously a lot of commercial uh, stakes in play and getting a larger international audience is key on that um, especially for next broadcast rights so you look at the most popular sport well funnily enough the most popular sport in the world is not that high scoring but it has the potential always of being high scoring in soccer yeah and that's an anomaly, but that's just the nature of the beast. You've got a, um, a very small goal area with a highly skilled person that can stop. And anyway, won't get into the details, but almost all your other sports rely on heavy scoring for them to be entertaining. Yeah, I mean, American football still is you know quite a big sport, but it doesn't have... It's still the number one sport in the States, but it, it doesn't have massively high scoring either. But I think part of the problem with AFL is that we've had these periods of really high scoring, and a lot of aspects of that are gone. So it's been a decade since someone's kicked 100 goals. A few people have gotten close, but in terms of the style and the way teams set up offensively, a lot of that's changed. So we're going to deep dive into a lot of that and, and kind of discuss the ramifications of a whole range of those different things. And then we're also going to go a little bit into the Brownlow as well. So this this year's you know wide open in terms of really what can happen. I think there's you know this there's been a lot of years in the last four to five, especially where it's at this stage it's sort of yeah it, it's going to be a danger or a, a Martin or a Swan or you know it was pretty clear really for a, a while now. But I think this year's probably one of the more open ones we've had in a while. Absolutely. So that makes the conversation interesting, and then we're going to talk a little bit about the Coleman as well. And again, that that's been quite interesting. Buddy had some time out. Kennedy's had time out. You know Ben Brown's had a couple of down weeks as well so there's a, there's a couple of interesting aspects to that too talk a little bit about the the rising star and then we're going to finish off with the the trade period as well so we're going to also kind of give our free opinions agency. on and yeah exactly around the sort of you know trade slash free agency period that's coming up at the end of the year and we're not going to spend you know hours you know speculating heavily more to really look at it and and just sort of give a couple of opinions and put forward a couple of different aspects of what and we why, think should happen and, and why it would work for both teams or for that player or what the case may be exactly direct swaps and things like that so because the reality is now we're, we're heading into round 15 there's only nine games to go there's a number you know there's 10 teams that aren't going to make finals so there's there's a lot coming soon for a lot of clubs that's not actually that far away where they're going to and a lot of the discussions have, have already been had we're not naive yeah, enough to think that's not the case exactly right these in front of the cameras they'll say one thing Thing, but ultimately, bottom four teams, especially, they've got their eye on 2019 already and what they can do to make their list better, how they can perform better next year, how they can be more financially stable next year, and all that type of stuff because they're damned if they don't. And they already know that because they've all been burnt in previous years by not executing early on when they knew the season was over. Well, that's it. And I think the other reason to do this and why we wanted to make the time to do this bonus podcast as well was so Carlton with one win. So if they won every game from here, they've won 10, 10 games. Still not in. Yeah, so that's it. Brisbane, 10, would have won 10 games. So that that's not going to happen. St Kilda would have won tw- uh, sorry 11 games if they won every game from here. So this is if they've won every single game. Yep. So we're talking mathematical chance. So that's not going to happen either. 
either. Gold Coast would also be a game short, so that's not going to happen. Western Bulldogs with four wins, if they were were to win every single game from here, they'd have 13 wins, but again, very unhealthy percentage at 74%. They'd have to win by 40, 50 points week in, week out. Yeah, so that's not... Minimum. And that's that's, that's absolutely not going to happen either with the amount of injuries that they have. So that's the thing. You know, if you look at the bottom six, seven teams especially, there's... It's clearly time to look at next year, and I think this is a good time now to sort of look back and, and chat about a bunch of different things. So yep. let, let's start off at the top, though. So we'll start with, with the season. So we're season 2018, and let, let's talk a bit about what we thought of the season so far, what's kind of panned out the way that we thought it would, what's been big surprises, you know, what's been you know really interesting, what's been shocking, so on and so forth. So do you want to start, I guess? Yeah, look, for my, the, the standout for me is that extra, uh, a year later of the th- no third manner, yeah. teams have worked that out and how to play, and it's brought back in a Ruckman, like from the bygone era. So Ruckman are actually a super important aspect of the game now and how teams structure. Yeah. And I think that's really good because a few years ago, people were asking the question, where where do Ruckman fit in the game anymore when the third player was going up and having a major impact in the game? So I think bringing in that rule has been to the benefit of the game. Unfortunately, though, it's probably brought in more congestion and now like AFL, and that's the biggest downfall, is that the game looks a little bit worse on television a lot of the time now because of the yeah. over-congestion. So, and the AFL obviously are very aware of this and looking at ways that they can do that. But aside from that, I don't actually think there's a lot wrong with the game. I think the, the no, players so, and the coaches are just yeah. playing within the means that they've got to play to do the best. At the end of the day, it's a business, and their business is about getting four points per game of football, which yeah. is a win. So, so I, I think yeah, and let's let's kind of pivot off that. And I I, I agree. I mean, I think. For me, season 2018 has been really interesting. I think there's been a number of surprises. I think West Coast's ability to reinvent itself so quickly has been really good and get the Mm. most out of their players has been significantly better than it was in the past couple of seasons. I think given the pieces that North Melbourne have to play with, they've done almost as good as anyone, if not as good as basically everybody, given what they've got out on the park. I think Richmond's ability to, you know, completely have none of the premiership hangover. You know, they by now we can look back. They've had, an, I know they've had a lot of games in in Melbourne, but they've they've still won against a lot of top teams in Melbourne as well. Sydney, you know, really continued to to just be that incredible team that we know. They've brought in another raft of fantastic kids, and you know, they just keep you know continually improving. There's, there's the shock of St Kilda not only not kind of being in and around that kind of seven to ten point but being basically being non-competitive has mm. been a, a massive concern and that that certainly has took me by surprise I had them outside of the eight but I certainly didn't have them anywhere near as low Essen having that sort of you know funk through there I'm not as shocked with GWS because I you know I, I have thought for a while the depth is not as deep as people say it is so that's you know Collingwood I think you can argue that's been really good. Port have kind of backed up a similar season from last year. Slightly better, I think they've improved. Melbourne have improved as well. I think Geelong look better at this stage than they did last year as well. So they look, there's it, overall, I, I 
subscribe to a lot of what you're saying. And I think it has been a good season for me, but there are concerns. So that's the thing. I mean, I guess, so if you, if you haven't listened to the podcast before, I imagine obviously most people that are listening, you know, know our sort of thoughts on the game. But there's, to me, there's a, really a few different sections. So you've got people that are alarmists that think the game's cooked and it's no good and, you know, we need to introduce zones and we need to introduce all this different stuff to fix it and it's broken. Yeah. Then you get people way at the other end of the spectrum that I think have their head in the sand that say, nah, nah, game's fine. Don't change a thing. Yeah, yeah, and that's and that it's interesting. Like I, I, I'm pro, I'm leaning, pro, I'm probably leaning more. I don't, well, I'm probably flat in the middle, to be honest. And that's the thing. Like I don't think that I don't think that the game right now, if we were to leave it, I don't think the game is going to free itself up. It, I just don't think the evolution is going to. We've waited and waited for that to happen, and it hasn't happened. And coaches will do whatever they can to win a game and they don't care about the aesthetics of the game no matter what they say publicly they don't care they unless can't they care unless they've got a list like Essendon and that can actually play a style of football to open the game up which yeah. is their way of winning the game anyway it's not because they want well, the game to look prettier that's no. just their style but you can't I can't see too many teams wanting to play that style of football because it's not in their best interest with the current list that they've got and that's exactly it you do and that's a very good point in that you do get some teams strategies that are effective and really impressive but then you also get some that clearly have no intention of making the game look any better than than it, it needs to be in order to get a win so you have a, there's a lot of different elements to this so that that's that's a that's a big big part of it is that the coaches will continually there will always be this choking aspect to the game that that you know this this at the moment if you look at the last few premierships that have been won this high pressure style is is going to continue and teams now are exploiting the fact that these athletes now are able to run f- further faster and and for for longer exactly and i think the 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 concern is that congestion i think has and the game has gotten to a point and evolution has taken us to a point and i think the afl to a degree has taken us to a point i think a number of the rules that have been brought in here and there have been stupid I, i think in the adrian anderson days especially there were some really silly ideas that were put forward but i think we have the opportunity now to pivot away from that and make some changes to the game i'm not a zone subscriber i'd need to see this footage and um you know obviously there's only really the clubs that have seen it and where we're going to be the last people to see it as fans yeah but for me you know i i do sit in between kind of those two camps so that's they're the three kind of sections and i think you and i sit sort of in the middle so look we, we definitely still really obviously like the game, clearly. Uh, we wouldn't be doing this if we didn't. We both love the game and, and it's brought us a lot of you know happiness throughout the years and we, we both love what AFL is and I still think it's it's the best sport for me. I, I, I think it's got so much to offer and it, it is an amazing game. But there is an asterisk there where we have come to a point where I think some changes would would be good to to freeing the game up and allowing scoring to happen easier and allowing higher scores and just just freeing things up a bit and and allowing for for things to be not necessarily the way they were aspects of what you know yeah. those bigger high scoring games in the in the 80s and the 90s were I get that but at the same time you know you, you think you go back to 2004 2005 2006 that's a long time ago now and that was 
the, you know, through this Paul Ruse, you know, lockdown style of football. And then Ross Lyon came in as well and a lot of that stuff. And we're, we're sitting here, you know, over a decade later and we still get games like this that, that aren't that different. No, nah, because and, and it was funny, I was thinking about what we we're going to talk about and why this has become such a big concern. Has it got to do with the fact that the generation that grew up watching footy in, as a young kid in the 80s and 90s are now at that age of commentary? And 100%. And really, there's nothing that is wrong with the game. It's just not the game that they grew up as kids. No. So this generation of kids that are watching football now, if it becomes high scoring in 20 years' time, they're going to go, oh, it's just aerial ping pong. They just go score, 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 score. There's no structure. There's no tactics. And, and do they have this conversation have again in another problem. 20 or 30 years' time? So, yeah, um, I'm not one for knee-jerk reactions. And I'm that's happy. exactly it. And I would actually prefer, even though I think changes need to make, I'd actually prefer just to see the AFL do nothing this year and just well, let, let it be as it is this year so yeah. the teams and the coaches actually go, oh, look, we don't actually have to change anything. We can actually improve our style and structure based on what the AFL put in place without having to think about, oh, what's how's that going to impact our team or how's that going to change our structure? No, well, so It's I'm, not going to happen because the AFL's well, MO is to make at least one change. Well, they, they have... So so, to, so Hocking made the right call at the start of the year, which was that he wouldn't change anything throughout the year. But yep. they, they have changed things throughout the year in that the interpretations of a range of things have been very inconsistent. So umpiring is a whole separate thing. Like there's been a whole range yeah. of a raft of issues there. The touch and the umpire thing's been ridiculous, as we've commented throughout the year. It's been very inconsistent. The, there's a lot of aspects of, in the fourth umpire there's a whole range of things that have been brought in that, that haven't stuck to what he said which was that they weren't going to introduce things so mm. I guess look here's the thing we've got a great game now how do we allow that game to become even better than it already is bring back the biff bring no, it back bring no, it back. no. Um, bring back the Batmobile on um, on Grand Final. <laughs> no, day, yeah. I think we've, no, we, we've got a really good game, and I think there is an ability to make it better. But I, I just worry that they're going to go way too far the other way, and that's all you hear is that zones are coming in. I've I've heard that from a range of people that that is coming in. So that would be a shame because that that is a massively big thing to come into the game, and it really changes. It it's basically we spoke about this the other night in kind of I guess preparation for this we were talking about how it's effectively like the shot clock coming in in the NBA it did but you know change the way the game's played and historically it gets looked back on as a, a very different thing it'd be it'd be like if they played you know best of um, best of three in the grand slams in tennis if they just went backwards to that as an example or something something along those lines so it's it's it's, it's hard fairly and... big it would have a flow on effect so many other things would have to change for that then to come in because they would have to probably introduce more umpires yeah to uh, uh, adjudicate the sections. I, I think, think that's why they're trying the four umpires. That's exactly why. Yeah, I, I'm open to having zones, but not next year because not enough uh, R&D has gone into it. It needs to be practiced and yeah. looked at from lots of angles. I think there's a lot more simplified things that can be introduced next year and over the next couple of years to see if little subtle changes open up the game. Like just talking about now, I'm thinking, well, don't worry about the chopping the arm rule. Let yeah. them, let defenders de- defend the best way they can. If they really impede by holding the arm, if it's in the spoil and they haven't just chopped, that's going to let the ball roll loose. Mm. So the play keeps going. It's not stopped. That doesn't mean they can flood back into the um, back half or into the goal square. It may 
just open up the game enough for it to keep flowing and then breaking the game. I don't know. I just think there's no, things think like that within yeah, the game that, that, is, that are is, better. A hundred percent. And that's and that's a good point. In that, I think things like that need to be tinkered with first. I think we need to look at all options before zones are to come in, or big, or, or any of the big, any big changes yeah, to the game. Any kind of yeah. major change. I, I ideally want us to explore all options. So, for yeah. example, so let's let's so that I think we so we both agree. We we obviously both love the game. We want to see it get better. So I think, but we also both agree that, that you know little things might actually be a really good idea. And there have been some things that have come in that have worked, and they have good effects in one way on the game, but then they have negative effects on other ways of the game. Exactly like what you were saying with the third man up. So. It needs to be researched and it needs the time needs to be taken. And I know that they've been doing practice around a number of things for a while now, but uh, you've you got to hope that this is this is ready if they are going to bring things like zones in um, because that, that's really going to shift the game. You can't, I mean, next year, do it for the JLTs and any other pre-season and that is it. Just see how it works in that game, in yeah. those games. Get feedback from the coaches, feedback from the fans, feedback from the players, feedback from broadcasters. the players, the broadcasters, because... Just to introduce something, I mean, step aside from football, the cane toad was introduced to get rid of a particular beetle in the cane fields mm. without thinking about its flow and effect. And now it's one of the worst things. Now you get was. paid to kill them. Yeah, so it's this whole <laughs> micro analysis. Okay, mm. if we do this, it'll fix it. But then you, if you got to take a step back and look at the game holistically and think what impact will that change have and is it worth it? For the short term, and I don't think a zone in any form right now will. It's too too much of a. I drastic think it's change. too drastic. Yeah, personally, we okay. So we both agree on that as well. Now let, let's move from there. So mm. that so we've established that. Now what do we think about? So there's there's a whole lot of range of. So I'll run through the kind of range of things that have been suggested. So one of the suggestions is 16 to a team. So take two out, and we spoke about this the other night, and I think the notion that I, from what I can ascertain, is if they were to do this, you'd remove the two wings. That, that is basically the idea, and I think the thinking is that that would really free things up. So what, what do we think about that? Do we think that that's a, a valid point? And, and then on top of that, do we think it's something that, that would have some, you know, that it could actually work? Like, do we think that that's something that could genuinely work? Again, it's, it's funny. It's like what we said before. It is something that needs to be tried. Yeah, and I don't know what's, being, what's happening in the junior leagues. That's also got to be impacted. So if these changes happen at AFL level, surely it's got to happen in the junior ranks beforehand so that these junior players actually get used to that way of playing before they get drafted into a oh, game. Completely, where, yeah. So I like the I, I, yeah I like the idea in theory, just like the zoning. But there's been issues. The with, is a bit yeah, different. I mean, and it's a different style of game because it's quite new in the women's league. But they've got sixteen aside. It still has congestion. It's not as free flowing. So who knows whether it will? Again, I don't just go. Oh, we need to make a change for the sake of making a change. Mm. Do it again. Maybe what are the teams play two or three games in the GLT? Get them doing one with one change, one with the other change, and then on the third one, incorporate both the changes. Maybe both of them work better together than one or the other. Yeah, it's interesting. And I, I mean, we, we want you guys 
to take part in this as well, and, and we are going to be doing some video content soon. We are going to have sort of an ongoing uh, live show, so you, you guys will be able to interact with us as, as we talk about it, and we'll announce that in a couple of weeks and how we're going to do that. But shout out us what you think would work as well, because we, we don't obviously have the solution, but there's a number of different ways that the AFL could go, and it'll be interesting to hear what, what other people think. For us, I mean, so that's, that's one of them. The other proposed thing, you know, Dangerfield was, was on about this recently around shortening the game so the notion is that that they would have a, either a longer final series so there's this notion of the wild card week as well and then that's sort of payback for having slightly shorter games I don't know whether that necessarily fixes it either. No, because as you mentioned right at the top, they're so fit now, they're not going to blow out of steam. So there's just going to be more conjecture. I like the idea that a lot of people, you and I have discussed off air, is changing the number of rotations to like 50 or 60. Yeah, or, I think that's... The, yeah. Or having restricted benches like they do in <clears throat> things like soccer and rugby and things like that, where you might only be able to... like We used to do it with the emergency, like that you're off, but you might not have a restriction on, on, on the bench of... Mm. Let's say thirty, and that's it, and you're done. And yeah, I, I think that's that's something I would like to see next year as a, as a try, I reckon or, that'd be... or as a bare minimum to do it in some practice games, because it would be really interesting to see the impact that that has, and I, I think that would fix some aspects of it. I mean, look. The, Here's the thing, and, and you do see people arguing against this, but players are fatiguing far later than they used to. Mm. Like, that's this far fitter. There's statistically, you look at the numbers, there's players running far more kilometres than they used to, and there's more players that are able to do these kind of 14, 15 Ks. And we're also seeing more soft tissue injuries to these players. Well, the injuries this year have been, yeah. Yeah, and that's all got to do with all this. So if you're restricted, if a coach is restricted on how many people they can rotate on and off the bench. They're going to be forced to go, guys, if we're going to win this with legs, I don't want half of you running right around the ground or just chasing a football. I'll need you to stay fairly structured. And and you'll probably see lines that they'll push up to three or four in a row rather than... And you might only see 20 people around the contest rather than 30, which ideally is going to look much better from a TV perspective and at the the ground. Yeah, I mean, you hear this argument as well from the broadcasters that they're saying that, oh, well, AFL game's too long and you know it'd be great if it was shorter and then that way you know we can if there's if it's shorter it's it's, it doesn't make sense if it's shorter they're getting less commercial time i mean like this is the thing there are other aspects to it as well i I get that they look the hard part is that there's they get all this data and they just look at data the Mm. data they see is that younger people tune out kind of halfway or maybe in at the third quarter but a lot of people are tuning out after two quarters because the game is either not close or they just don't have the patience to get to the end i don't think i, I again I, I don't think that shortening the game is necessarily a solution either and we're going to see you know it, it's hard because you know I, there's that argument of oh all right if the, if the game's shorter then for the whole time the game's played then everyone's you know full of energy and beans but full of beans then that's full of lockdown as well that's the thing there's going to be that whole time there's just as much congestion I mean I think one of the better games I've seen this year was the Richmond-Geelong game at the MCG and it was fascinating to see the reaction to it because I think going back to what you were saying before about that generational conversation that we had before I've kind of come from both so I've seen you know I was born mid-80s so I saw a lot of that era you know not obviously don't really remember much of the later 80s 
this, but in terms, I remember a lot of football from the early to mid nineties, and a lot of that, I, you know, I, I saw that era, but then I saw a lot of the, you know, obviously everything that happened in the two thousands as well, and I've seen both of it. And that game, what was great about it was it actually had both. Mm. It had a lot of the, you know, lockdown tactics that that when done by good teams is good to watch. Yeah. But then it eventually it blew open, and it was amazing. Like it was, it was a great game, and it, it it's a, I find it exciting at the back end of a game wondering who's going to get gassed first and yeah, how absolutely. that's going to impact the game so that was there was a point you know four or five minutes into the fourth quarter where both teams still looked really really good and you just didn't know what was going to happen and that to me is that's so the, the, the most exciting thing about sport is that you don't know what's going to happen it's live drama where you have no idea what's going to happen and it's it anything can happen at any moment look at that North Dogs game the other night I mean the highway robbery at the last minute like that yep. sort of stuff can happen West Coast kick accurately they come back from 44 points down to upset they could have they had every chance they yeah. didn't but we've seen it before that not every week there's plenty of examples out there in, in AFL and many other sports where uh, even at halftime the team looks shot and they've come from nowhere and, and won so. and the, the thing as well is there's good we've said all year there's good games and there's bad games and it's unrealistic to expect that every team is going to finish the year with 11 wins I mean it's just it's ludicrous like that is not going to happen there is who going to be a, cycles who wants a season like that well exactly anyway. we hear McLaughlin and that's basically what he wants I mean, that's not going to happen. That's it's ridiculous. Not. You know, you look at any of the top sports in the world and there are teams that will go through cycles where it's just going to take time. I mean, we, we obviously don't want situations like St Kilda where they haven't won for so long and, and Melbourne as well. At least they're sort of up and about at the moment. Yeah. But the Saints, it's been a long, long time between drinks. And if he wants it like that, guess what he's going to have to do? Well, he shouldn't have brought two more teams in. Well, but there anyway. was that, but get rid of free agency. Yeah. But, well, sorry, they're, once they become free agents, they're going to go to the club that they want to go to. Exactly. So. And and, the, and the, the, it looks like the GWS thing's not going to work in terms of they loaded them so heavily up and, and that hasn't worked either and it looks like they're going to miss out in, in this uh, cycle. But anyway, that's that's a whole other conversation. Yeah. But anyway, just going back to the, the state of the game type discussion, I, I think there are some changes that I think they could make in terms of adjusting more sort of minor rules and allowing teams to be able to score a lot easier. And, and I, statistically... This is the thing you actually can't you can't argue with the numbers. This year we're seeing le- far less high scores than, than we normally do. So yes, there are there's, there was bad teams in 2017 as well, the mm. 2017, 2016, and so on and so, so forth throughout history. But you know, there's the other thing too is I mean, there's plenty of seasons like it wasn't that long ago. Look at um, 2009 when Geelong and St Kilda were just blaring it, and they, that wasn't particularly that exciting either because you thought, well, it's pretty obvious these two teams are going to play off in the grand final, and guess what happened? Yeah. They did. They so, did. I mean, it's... it's. Uh, I like that... The, the, the fact that we've still got 10 legitimate That's teams. the thing. And everyone bitches about the game. Well, not everybody, but there so are many. a pack of people that do. And yet, we don't know who is going to win the flag. Don't even know who's going to be in the final eight. And don't tell me, oh, Richmond... All I hear on these other podcasts, and I'm not having... A, on a lot of the official ones, I'm not trying to have a go. But all you seem to hear is that, oh, Richmond are the flag favourites by a long way. How, how is that... How is there any evidence favorites, of that? Favourites, yes. By a long way? It's 
if they so have, sure. if they have to play away in the finals, there is absolutely no guarantee they're going to win, and they will lose a game at the MCG. It is going to happen. They lose one of Rance, Cochin, or Martin. an injury happens yeah. exactly. I mean, that's well, look, Martin was out, and look what yeah. happened. So, so anyway, look, I, I think the game is is in a good place, I but I think there are things that can be adjusted to. So let's kind of make this an ongoing discussion, and we will do a follow up, and definitely send us either um, an email so we're afldeepdive at gmail.com or any of our social media so we're at afldeepdive on, on Insta, Facebook and Twitter for me so. personally right now I, I'm happy with the AFL to look into wholesale changes I'm more than happy more for them down, to look at it yeah but don't sure. just throw it in there because any other organisation that did changes like the AFL did the board would be questioned and probably ousted because nobody in the company would know knows no, what's, what's going, going on. on and the big problem is there's only two teams that even have a vague idea yeah in Brisbane and, and Hawthorne so it's it's not good enough. Everybody needs to know you've got a lot of stakeholders in the game, and Absolutely. I don't know whether I don't know whether Sevens had a look at it or Fox or anything. I have no idea. Yeah, they do, and whether they do or not, and I, I'm not, I've never heard of them having a big round discu- round table discussion, which a- seems amazing. AFL umpires, coaches, players' association, and, and a group, and I'd love that. That's not going to happen. Probably not. No. I but, thought I'd just throw it yeah, out there for a pipe and channel, se- and channel 7 slash Fox because yeah. they need to talk to... The players and the coaches are going to have enough of an idea of the fan base because of the supporter groups at each of their clubs. They'll have an idea and they'll voice, no, no, I, and they'll I voice the yeah. opinion for the fans anyway. But they all need to sit down together at some point post-season and have a really big discussion about all of this and which changes will affect each of those components and whatnot. Mm. And ultimately, though, I, I would rather just, for next year, minor tweaks to current rules like we've discussed maybe change the interchange reducing interchange numbers I think that's the obvious one or little things like reinterpreting the deliberate out of bounds like if you're in a pack and you kick it and it happens to detail like the the umpires need to have a bit more of a feel for the game for that yeah I think an umpire interpretation does 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 Ironically, I think congested the game about as much as a range of other things on yeah. the field. In, invite the if the clubs and coaches are open to it, invite the umpires or two umpires to yeah. come and do a match uh, post review. Stop touching each other, meet each other. You meet each other. A little, t- I mean, Clarko was allowed to tap it into uh, an opposition oh, player yeah. on the on the backside, and he didn't get any any. Well, he got high fives, or something. Well. Yeah, there's got to be a bit more sort of open discussion between all parties. You're all here because we enjoy, love the game. You don't umpire because you hate That's football. That's the thing. We, have, do a, it because, we have a good game. Yeah. Have so, a really good game. And everyone just needs to get on the same ballpark. So I'd, I'd like to see no wholesale changes for, for a year. Yeah, and just, I would agree. I just finally, probably, the, oh, sorry, I'll take that back. One wholesale change is the goal review. Put it back to what it was originally for on the goal line. Well, Nothing that's that's else. another thing too. So we, I think we, we both completely agree. I think that. the AFL. Uh, I think that's going to happen. If that doesn't happen, that's ridiculous. So that that's yeah. going to have to happen. So yeah, I think it, the the system wasn't built to do what what they're trying no. to get it to do, and that's it's failed repeatedly. Yeah, so. you, you're trying to get a a, a 1.8 liter car up to 250 k's now. That's it. That. It's just not capable. So I guess the so the, the key thing is we we are going to get new rules. I think that's pretty yeah. obvious. They've made that pretty clear. I just hope what they do is not too knee jerk, and they they have deep breaths around I'll it. Have to and, and hopefully listen to this and, and, and kind of gradually work towards and that 
Look, for me, I, I wonder whether there's a panic around the broadcast deal in, in getting... Look, it didn't help the broadcast deal they gave Carlton for Friday Night Games to the broadcaster. That, that no. doesn't help. And no one thought Carlton this year were going to be competitive in all four of those games. I mean, please. Yeah, even if they had improved, they were not going to be... It was never going to happen. No. That was ridiculous. We highlighted that in, what, February. Yeah, they've got to go to longer-term successful. Like, why isn't Sydney getting them? And now you're going to have to give them to Richmond next year. Why is there not a derby on a Friday night? An Adelaide derby. That would be fantastic. All that type of stuff. Or the WA one. I don't care. I don't want to see it buried on a Sunday for the Fox game. Like, I... Anyway, no. look, I think better fixture will appease the broadcasters. Give them, give us a couple of years to figure out, at least two to three minimum, to figure out what football looks like 2020, 2021 onwards. And if that is zoned, then maybe it's zoned. But I think it we don't to be go boarded. there no. until we've looked at other things. And I think a season of a couple of adjustments like what we're talking about would be fascinating to see. And then we can look at the results and say, okay, here's 2017, here's 18, here's 19. This is what it looks like. Yeah, and if it and looks better, it. then okay. If we'll it looks leave. worse, then we'll, we can swap it again. But in the background, you're having those tests and those conversations about because a straight zone, like let's just for example say they broke it down the way netball is. Yeah. Okay, so certain players have to really stop on that line. If they go over, they're penalised. Mm. That's just going to slow the game down. That's not going to. That's not actually going to improve what they're trying to fix. That's actually yeah. going to just make it worse. Well, the thing about it is, and that's why I was talking about the listener as well, is that we don't have the answers. No. The AFL don't necessarily have the answers. The clubs don't necessarily have the answers. It's a discussion. And right now, the game has grown to a point where... And rules and a whole range of things have been introduced to a point. The game now has gotten to a stage where if we leave it, it's not going to change. If we left everything exactly the same way, season 2019, if we left everything identical... We'd have a very, we'd have a relatively similar season, mm. and aspects of that would be good, like that. There's pretty much ten teams in it, but then there's going to be some other aspects of it that aren't great. Lower scores, teams that will play lockdown, you know, teams Probably that play injuries. really high defensive pressure games. Exactly, exactly. So that's the thing. I think let's tinker with it gradually, figure out over a few years to work out what the answer is, and that you, it's very difficult. As, as I said, no one's got the answer, so clearly it's very difficult. We're not going to have, oh, there's it, damn, done. Yeah, and then next year it's all fixed. And that, that's it, be open with everyone about it. Too. Yeah, that's just what, say, I think that's we're going to fix this over the next few years. The game is in a state is, of flux. This exactly. is where Why we not? want it to look, and yeah. these are the types of things we're working on. Don't have all the other fans and the teams and players second-guessing what's going to happen next, because I think that's where a lot of the frustration comes into Without it. a doubt. We don't know, and now if it was go, oh, let's do this, but we didn't do that last week. Yeah, but I am the AFL, and you're doing it this week well it's not it's not a nazi regime i think i think the thing about it is that we're we're a part of the game as well we're paying for tickets and crowds are low yes well they're down and so are ratings so that's the thing people are responding so i think we we do need to make some adjustments but not too drastic so anyway i think we made the point but if there are any other things that you want us to discuss if you want our opinions on you know specific things that have been brought up we could, you know, obviously go for a lot longer in terms of a lot of the... There's a lot of, you know, the, the larger uh, goal square, which apparently, I, I don't know I don't know this for a fact, but apparently the they tested it, the Brisbane guys. I don't know whether the Hawthorne guys do, but apparently they tested that and um, it actually had some negative effects. So it, it fixed some things, but it, again, exactly like what you were talking about before, it has, has negative aspects to it as yeah. well. So I guess, yeah, shout out anything kind of specific that you want us to talk about and we can kind of gradually keep this as an, as an ongoing discussion. But I think it was about 
about time, given that it's very obvious we're going to get something at the end of the year, um, and, and given the situation, and given there'd been all these trials, and we hadn't really mentioned it because it, it doesn't relate to the game and directly right now, but obviously will future-wise. And so. because people have been asking for us to have yeah. a, an opinion on it, because we don't generally talk about this stuff in our normal podcast. No, so. we just don't get the time, because we obviously want to focus on, on, the, on, on, the, game. on the now and, and the game. So... Mm. Let's keep moving. So that's uh, that's we did about sort of forty minutes on the state of the game, which I think was um, it's good to do, and I think we it was sort of you know we needed to sort of get get that out, and it's an it's a rolling discussion. We obviously don't have the answers, so yeah. let's get into Brownlow. So I think look. Yeah, some years I think chatting about the Brownlow, but I guess it's only the first year we've done the podcast, but some years, I mean, I think would be a bit of a waste of time because as we said at the start, you know, there's some years where it's like... Mm, it's been two or three people clear. and yeah. then that's it's pretty stocked in there. There might have been a Smokey that gets in the top five, but usually the top three have been fairly up there from the start of the year. And you get an yeah. idea with the amount of other awards that are done, the newspaper awards and the TV show awards and all that type of stuff. That that's are, it, yeah. You tend to get a fairly good grasp of... Um, where well, players are at. Okay, and the other thing too is a couple of times, you know, you've seen that, you know, Swan was really tipped to win, but then Judd won. But then, you know, the next year, you know, Judd had an amazing season and then Swan won. And that's that's literally what happened. But in terms of, the, you know, the overall season, I think this year is about as open as it can get. I think this year is, is fascinating. So we're in a situation where Tom Mitchell looks probably like the front runner. Oh, like before, let's get the elephant out of the room. Yeah. Fife is going to get the most votes. Well, probably. He's going so to, that's, that's yeah. a real scenario. Yeah, a real so, scenario is a high chance that Nat Fife ends up with the most votes at the end of the year. Yeah. And he's ineligible, so they're like... It's an interesting situation. We're probably going to get a Chris Grant scenario again. Yeah. So, all right. Well, why don't we... Let's let's run through the teams and run through who at those clubs would have a genuine chance and, and chat about a few other yeah. things. So, we'll go through in order, and this also, I guess, gives you guys a, a ladder recap as well. So, we'll start... We'll just do it in order the way the ladder sits currently at the end of round 13. So, number one, Richmond. So... Who do we think? Is there anyone at Richmond that could could win it this year? Obviously, Martin is Cotchen's the probably, obvious one, but and Cotchen's probably the he's probably played enough consistent games. It's whether he's had enough three vote games this year the, to I, really yeah. Push. I to me, I think no one at Richmond's going to no. win it. I think Martin's had a bunch of time off. I think it's going to be and he's had a couple of downer games. He's still been very good. I think the criticism on him is a bit ridiculous. He had a lights out season yeah. last year. It's not going to happen every year. Too many aspects of Richmond is it's too but, much of a team. Game. Two game and I yeah. and before we go into it too much because we're going to talk about all Australian later uh, or throughout the year. I don't think they're going to have they're going to be probably top two, top four, and they're probably not going to have too many representatives in the all Australian because they're all no. just playing. I think Vlostin's all Australian. Yeah, same. But <clears> normally <throat> the top teams usually have a big. Um, I just think they've just so well balanced that one player has a good game one week or yeah. a handful, and they're just fairly even. I don't think there's enough standouts, and that's a good thing. That's exactly what. But that's exactly what you want. Love. Yeah, yeah. and in terms of like teams that win, the, that's the thing. What Martin, what happened with Martin last year was so rare, and a, a big reason why winning a flag and then winning a norm in the same year is so difficult to do is that it, it doesn't happen that often. Where the Brownlow winner is also in the team, 
that, that's won the flag. Like yeah. if you go through the history, it's actually not that often. Because you got to deal with all the post Brownlow media commitments a couple of days or a few days out before getting ready for a grand final because they're often a little bit sluggish. You see quite often the Brownlow winner if they're in a grand final, which again doesn't happen that often anyway. No. They take a little while to, to get into the game. So <clears throat> yeah, that's exactly it. And I mean, so I think for me, for Richmond, it's going to be difficult. I think I think that's going to be, you know, so let's let's just recap our points. So 2017, Dustin Martin, which, you know, obviously yeah, knew that. lights out season, but again, it was pretty clear he was going to win it. 2016, Dangerfield, so he yep. didn't play in the premiership that year. But Nat, knew, everyone knew he exactly was going to win it. Nat Fife was a massive favourite that year as well. 2015, again, um, played in the grand final, but um, didn't win. Prittis, uh, 14, so that's the thing. You keep going back. Um, Gary Ablett, 13. There's, there's not so many here. The last one, the on a Jimmy Bartell, did, he won the norm in eleven, didn't he? He didn't win the norm in 07. No, yeah, they, he's, no, he there's a couple of players that have got so, them, but they've never. But won not them in the, the one year, year. Yeah. exactly. So it is, it is something that is very, very difficult to do to to be able to do yeah, that. Black so went close as well. Black did in 03, but then um, won the Brownlow in 02. So I guess going through it, but I think this season is not necessarily a Woden style one, not a Bradby sort of scenario. More that I think there's been a bunch of good players, but but it, it, you know, we're, we're sitting at coming into round 15. There's only nine games to go, and it really is still a mystery. But I think one thing you can say is that Fife is going to, as you said, fall real high. So. Yeah. But Richmond, I think we both agree there's no one at that that's going to... I don't be. think so, no. no. They're, they're too, too well-balanced team. Right? And all, all their guns are having very good, not exceptional standouts. Yeah, and a couple of them have been a little bit down. I mean, not that Rance was ever a chance, but I think he's been a bit down from last year to yeah, some degree. So but, yeah, so and, and... But he's been three, They come through. Yeah. And They'll have a couple of All-Australians. I think Yeah. I think there's a few that... I think Vlosten's a lot. I think, I think there's, there's a, a couple that have, that have got a few bit of chance. I think yeah. as a team, they'll vote heavily. I think they'll get a lot of yeah. team votes collectively. But yeah, I don't... I can't see any individual no. from Richmond this year. Uh, number two is Sydney Swans. Same uh, thing. So I think, yeah, probably the same thing as well. Uh, in terms... this, I mean, this year could be the year where it's the first time in a long, long time where somebody has won the Brownlow and isn't a midfielder. So that, that's the, the other thing about this year too. It goes back a long, long way. You know, you're looking sort of at the, the, the most obvious one. I mean, but he, he, he kind did, of played a bit He did play a bit in the yeah. mid that year anyway. So that's 2000 and six I mean you know the obvious one well going back right Scott back Wind. you've got um, Tony Lockett and Platten 87 no, Wine 92 two, yeah. yeah but then also Jim Stein's 91 yeah, so that kind of yeah. 80 87 through to sort of 91-ish there's 92-ish there's a couple of those that um, that have happened but yeah I mean look Greg Williams Paul Kelly uh, Heard Voss Harvey Harvey Crawford Wywoden Ackermanis Black Rusciuto Buckley for those Goons, of you Joe, who don't Cousin. know who Shane yeah, Wywoden so, is he played for Melbourne played for Melbourne had really blonde hair, and then he went to Collingwood, and that was it. Yeah, that was it. The woo woo woo, but uh, <laughs> it's yeah. So it, it is the, uh, the but it's a midfielders award, and that's just the reality. But I, I think this year is a chance for a Gorn or someone like that to maybe sneak it. But I, I don't. I, it's still I just don't see it happening, given the way the umpires vote, and it is the funniest award because. There should be more. I think I know the players rate the MVP really highly, but I think a lot of the public don't seem to even really care about it. But it, mm. it it's that's the more premier award, and I think a lot, given it's from their peers, peers, yeah. 
But anyway, but yeah, so Sydney, I think we both agree. If you go through every line, there's obviously no defenders ever going to win the Brownlow, so no one in that side. You know, the centre, it's not like Kennedy or anyone's had a real kind of crazy yeah. lights-out season. Hanaby's been way down. He's clearly got hang, you know, holding some injuries. There's a couple of, you know, a few people in there that was sort of, you know, fancies in a couple of years. Kennedy, the sort of obvious one, but I don't think anyone in that side's yeah. going to win it. And then, no, obviously, no one in their forward line. But oh. he'll still poll. He'll still he poll 18, 19, 20 votes but it's not yeah. enough to win it depends on his second half of the season he's the only one that would have any chance from any here. remote chance a small yeah. chance he, but he I would think have it's to be unlikely. you'd have to have four or five eight nine eight, bags. Eight bags and yeah. yeah we can't see that probably not going to happen and then so this is when it starts to get a bit more interesting so yeah. the top two teams i think richmond and sydney are, are not going to happen West Coast at three. So for me, I think the the big chance. I think I think Yo is, is a serious chance. And I reckon Gaff. Yeah, Gaff and Yo. So I think again, going into sort of what we were saying in terms of the mids, that clearly they've got two really excellent mids, and you know Stewart and a couple other sort of aspects there. Yeah. But I, I think get enough of the ball yeah, inside they're, they're and out, yeah. and they also uh, they don't talk back to the umpires. So the umpires love them. Yeah, that's true. That that they are. You know, players that you know have been throughout the year. You seem they seem to be pretty kind of you know respectful. But you look at their centre. I mean, yeah, Gaff and Yo. I mean, they're the kind of very obvious ones. I don't see it happening sort of in in any other respect. No. There. Let's keep moving. So the the next one too. This is where it starts to get quite interesting. Is Collingwood. So. Yep. Who, who do you think? I mean, there's some very a massive smoky. I reckon Dugowie could do it. Maybe. He's had, well, he's had three blinders, so there's nine p- votes. Yeah. So you take five out of the equation. He's probably in the top four, five players at mid-season. I think Grundy's going to pull. And Grundy. Not too bad as well. And Hosking Elliott could, but, but he probably needs some really, really big game-winner games. But Grundy and, well, Chilor now is going to be out for a number of weeks. Well, he's would, so eight weeks. Yeah, so. So that so, takes him out of the equation. What about Pendles as well? He's had a pretty good year. He's been good, underrated year. Underrated, and I think he'll go under the radar mm. with voting as well, unfortunately. He's more likely to get something he's, like the... He'd probably win their, their best and fairest. He's Would You know, he's polled the same amount of votes. He passed it this year as Buckley has in his whole career, and Buckley's won one and he hasn't. So mm. he's been close a number of times. Very so close, yeah. I think that... Yeah, so Grundy, Pandals, you know, there's a few that, that could, could maybe sneak Still in Still Sidebottom might be one of those. I was like, going to say like, Sidebottom. Like Pritis in Pritis' year, he's yeah. racking up a lot of pill yeah. and um, hasn't had a down game for <clears throat> since round one, I don't reckon. Yeah, that's so, true. Yeah, he could be a real outsider. He's a bit like, and we'll talk about um, Higgins when we get to, to North, but one of those types of players that just gets... Gets a lot of the pill without uh, too much fanfare. Yeah, yeah. I, I, it's a, it's a good. They've, got, they've probably got the they've most. They've got a few smokies there, yeah. and it is it's interesting. And given they prob- they've got an. Uh, let me look. They had a good run up to this point. Their run home is not amazing, but I still think they'll win. You know, four probably five games from here, which takes them to about fourteen wins, which it would be you know a clear you know good thing for them. Yeah, post they'd be last that, year. So yeah, they'd be in that ballpark area for teams that win. Uh, probably, yeah, yeah, win, win Brownlow. So they. Over exceeded most people's expectations. Oh, clearly. But there's and a few smokies at that club, definitely. Yeah. Next one, Port Adelaide sitting at fifth. This is also an interesting one. Ollie Wines, obviously, has had a real peak more recently. 
you know, sections through the year. Probably didn't poll as well. Robbie Gray's the, the you know, he's had a couple of match, literal match on his wins, own boot. Yeah. Um, that three-quarter, five-goal haul as well. So there's been a few moments where he's just been obscene. Yeah, they're an interesting side too, almost like a Collingwood because they've got a really interesting spread. They've got a few that, you know, you just don't know what, how, the, how the umpires will view them. Yeah, like, I mean, Jared Pollock's always there Pollock about. as well, so yeah. he's he's been the one that's usually got the engine started for them or yeah I think they're the three main coming out of port a lot of the other players Both are hasn't like, been as impactful but he's had a different role so yeah different role and he doesn't tend to get the eye of the umpires he doesn't do uh, doesn't do a lot of run and ca- carry yeah um, and he's not like say a, a Mitchell who racks up so much of the ball that you can't not miss him he just and does. they've won a, and Hawthorne have won a number of games and yeah. they've got an okay run home too yeah. that, that's the thing that makes me think so, still think that he's going to win it yeah so no I think I think those three are the, the three key they're the ones to watch definitely definitely Wines and Gray the next one so I mean this is a fascinating one as well in Melbourne so I think Clayton Oliver's definitely a bit of a chance. The big one for me, and it's a shame because it probably won't happen, but Viney, had he not gotten injured and had kept playing the way he was playing and the way he's come back now playing, I tell you what, he, he would have been a massive chance. Yeah, and I think a, a guy with a helmet is going to be... Right, sure, yeah, yeah, he's only probably had one or two down games since he's come back. Uh, I well, think since they started playing him again. He, yeah. missed, he missed a little bit at the start, start but yeah. that might hurt him. And that might hurt him, yeah. I think that's probably not going to help him, but... I think Clayton Oliver's a, a real, real chance. Yeah. He's and, played really well this and year. And right now, I would say Jesse Hogan will have a lot, of, a fair number of votes, but if he keeps having drop a down... Off though, yeah. yeah. Well, he's a, we spoke he's about had a month, in the review. Yeah, had a month now where he hasn't done much, so that, that's not going to help his chances. So I don't think he's a, a very likely chance. I just think at the halfway mark of voting, he will be fairly up there. You would think so. So another interesting one into Geelong. So Geelong, obviously, with the you know two players in their mids that have already won Brownlow's. Gary's a fascinating one. I mean, the umpires obviously always vote him really highly. He's obviously, you know He's had a number of games where he was a bit down, and he's he admitted that himself. Vote. You probably still got a couple of votes here and there. The joke of it is, if they have a really good finish and he has another two or three three vote games, let's say he got another three three vote games from here. What's he's ridiculous, the, but I, he, he might he might actually be in the in the um, question to do to do three Brownlows. A lot to do a lot has to go Bobby right. Skilton, yeah, trifecta. Well, yeah, join a very illustrious. Uh, group of four to make it five. That's it, yeah. I can't see it happening. Actually, I'm never going to ride up Gaz because he is a star. I can't. They got a good run home. They too. do have and a, a bunch home. of games at Geelong as well. Yeah, he'd be very well protected. Down as much there. as a lot, yeah, and we could talk about. Oh, no, I'm, I'm going to just talk from a smaller stat base. I can't see it happening, and I don't think anyone in Geelong is even going to be in the cooey of the winner. I think Ablett's going to get 26 I votes, think, but I reckon he'll lose because I think they're a bit like the top two teams, and they're very even this year quite balanced a lot of their second rung yeah, I mean, have started to stand up yeah it's not Selwood's year and it's clearly not going to be um, Dangerfield's either he, he hasn't been he hasn't been anywhere near the, the impact that no. he was last year that's, that's been really clear but I think that's again Geelong not really having known where to play those three in a well, game as like from the most part we've of the year they're starting to year. do it now yeah. better and I think it's going to be better for the second half of the year but yeah I think that's impacted danger more than the other two I think it's impacted it. well the, the, there's that constant problem of do you play in forward or, or mid but it is um, it should be a, I guess we, the problem is if, the, if you've got 
got Duncan up and firing, and then if you've got Guthrie and a number of these guys, yeah, playing really well, then you can go, oh, who cares? We'll leave him forward, let him dominate. But they they haven't had that luxury all year, but they've done pretty well up to this point. But anyway, um, not kind of going too heavily into Geelong. But I think I think Gaz is going to poll the highest out of everyone in Geelong. I think he'll get the highest votes. Whether he wins is another question. I don't think he's going to win it though. But I think he's going to get very close. Really. Yeah, I, I think he'll get close. I reckon he'll be third or fourth. And because, but because of their run t- runs home as well. I reckon right now he's probably sitting on about 14 votes. And I reckon he'll get another 10 from here. Well, how many games have they got at skilled from... Not skilled, at, at Greenwich yeah, I know what you're saying. I, he's, I'm, he's I'm got, more surprised that you think he's already on 14. I thought that that's very generous. I, I, well, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Well, we're, we're a fair fair few rounds into the into the thing. He picks up a couple of ones, a couple of twos here yeah, and true. there. Yeah, like you said, the umpires love him. They love him. That's the reality. <laughs> is that you, this is it's a ridiculous yeah. award. You have to think of it from from a very weird angle. It's true. it's 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 like the Oscars, really. It's it's what's a white film? Oh yeah, that's probably going to win it. That's the thing. Is it, and up until very recently, HBO, that's exactly HBO what happened. did another TV series. Just give him everything. Well, that's the thing. I mean. It, 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 yeah. You've got to look at it from that yeah. sort of a lens. Absolutely, so, you do. Yeah, next true. one, North. So this is this is fascinating. The next two, and then after that, I think it's pretty much no chance for anyone to win out of those bottom ones. I would say almost certainly, but we will run through a few of them. So we'll start with North at eight. So North, obviously the big one. So talk about your man. You, you think you think Mister Higgins is a big big? Chance? I think he's got. I think he. I, I think he's got a chance, but I don't think as much as everyone's in the media talking about well it's been the big thing in the last few days and ever since i saw that i thought come on and then i look back through the game he's had some very very influential games probably in today but he's not a gary abler i don't think the umpires like him as much i think and he's very lucky to even still be in the running for a Brownlow. i thought he should have got a week not because any of those one instances from the weekend were bad was the fact that they should have been three warnings in a row and mm. sorry there's your week yeah so yeah look he's going to be but sorry the Zeeble Cunnington Brown Waits they're all going to take votes off him yeah. because they've all had very very influential games I think that's what's going to hurt him I think he will probably be their biggest um, Brownlow voter mm. get, vote getter for the year and he'll be there about I think there's at this stage probably four or five maybe six players in the comp that will poll better than him. Yeah, I mean, but I think of North, Cunnington's another one that I think can do quite well. Yeah, he's getting a lot of it. He's there. He's right under the umpire's noses. Yeah, he looks really good. I mean, there's there's a number of other players that I think could be a bit of a chance. I think Siebel's going to get quite a few votes mm. as well. But in terms of legitimately winning it, gee, it's interesting, isn't it? And it'll, it'll really depend on this back sort of half of the year now in terms of... Man, they keep winning. It's going to be hard not to have at least one or two North players in up the, the Brownlow conversation. That's exactly yeah. it. It would be pretty disappointing to not see that. It would really show that, you know, the umpires just clearly don't care about North. But, mm. yeah, look, that'd be, it'd be fascinating to see. But, yeah, I think those players you mentioned are probably the, the major ones that are, that are in the running. Now, the Hawthorne Hawks, so the very obvious one out of the way is Mitchell, which I sort of plucked out of a hat at the start of the year and and thought, yeah, I don't know, I reckon he's one of the big players to improve, and he's had a, you know, there was a bunch I could have chosen. I nearly went with Viney. I mean, he's probably not going to get it now because of all the injuries that he's had. He was out for Probably lucky he didn't choose him because, yeah, he didn't see, what, the first five, six rounds? He played the first round and then... Yeah, so he missed a whole bunch. bunch. Yeah, Yeah, he missed, I think he's missed a total of four or five weeks, so quite a bit off the top of my head but yeah look I think Mitchell's the very obvious one I don't, I don't think there's anyone that's going to pile higher than him at Hawthorne surely not no the second best player in that team as far as 
Oh, Isaac Influence Smith him. will get some votes and as well. Seriously, but not a, not no. like the way and he's going to accumulate. And the probably don't like him either, so that probably doesn't No, matter. not at all. And Amir has obviously had his troubles, and no one really on ball in and it around would only be, yeah, going to get much. It would only be if Amir, like, his last two weeks have been really good. If he continues to play like that and take a lot of pressure off Mitchell having to win the hard ball, yeah. that may impact both of them. That means Mitchell might not get the same amount of three votes yeah. and whatnot, but yeah, look... Oh, no, realistically, Mitchell's he's going to be the number one. He's a, yeah, he's the only one in the race at the moment. That's for sure. And then yeah, so I think that's 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 the main thing. I mean, Bergwijn's obviously going to get some votes, but he's now out for what looks like a month, and he's he probably was not going to win it anyway. Given the way they use him, they put him in so many sections of the ground. He's yeah, he, to fix it. But... He'll probably get he'll probably poll in more games than yeah. anyone, uh, but there will be ones and twos. Well, it's like the Bartel post his brand low. They started using him as Mister Fixer to do a whole range of different things, and then he never really polled. He still polled. 14-15 for the year but yeah. it's a bit different in terms of actually winning it because you legitimately need to get need to you know, mid, mid to high 20s ideally to, you to need almost six be in it be a BOGs as a minimum yeah and then a heap of twos. and Mitchell's probably had three or four yeah. you, you would say at least so so we are actually we are going to cover the brand line night as well so we'll, we will come back to you with how we're going to do that but we're thinking of doing a live suited up style yes. broadcast of that so definitely um Cocktails and all. Cocktails would be pretty wacky, but we're thinking of doing that and just doing a commentary on the actual night because it is pretty boring and you guys can mute your tellies and just listen to us talk bullshit about the brand. Or whatever. (laughs) And we'll probably end up talking about all sorts of stuff, but it'll be fun. The next uh, game, the next, I'm used to doing game Game previews. The next is GWS. So, yeah, I think... I don't think anyone... No one's going to win. I don't think anyone... anyone Dylan Shield's going to get a bunch of BOGs, though. He's been great. He's going to probably get two or three. Yeah, and Cornelio's probably going to take votes off him as well. That's the problem, is those two... Kelly's only just come back. He's had so much yeah. out. He's not going to get it. Scully, obviously, has been out for ages. Yeah, no. Nah, None of their forwards it. could sneak it. It's maybe maybe those first two players that we mentioned, I, they just haven't won enough games. Well, they haven't I love, been convincing. I nearly year. went with Coniglio. So I, the three, my top three at the start of the year was Viney, Coniglio, and Mitchell. They yeah. were the three that I thought would finish in the top, right at the top of the brown line. But yeah, I think Coniglio, yeah. he, he's he's probably the most likely to shape that top echelon of vote getters this year from probably. GWS yeah. and Shields they're probably the only two that are a little fixture for the for the season unless you know, Callie all of a sudden has a blinder second half he's going to have to have one of the all time blinders though to, yeah. to get up there because that's the thing he's probably only right now sitting on six, seven two I was going to say three or four max oh, I would have said he's got th- three or six yeah over the last probably. three weeks yeah I guess you got to give it to somebody in some of these someone, busted yeah. games that he's played in recently yeah, so. and then after that it's it's going to drop off pretty heavily so no one in Adelaide I think is going to win this they haven't got anyone there well that well especially given that and their, their better midfielders have come in come out come in come yep. out and then out 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 for long periods so no, definitely not you can forget about that and Essendon I mean you know it's not. I think that's pretty unlikely. I think Heppel's going to poll quite and Devin well. Smith. And Devin Smith, yeah, yeah those but, two. That's probably uh, Zarakis, maybe, but he's going to miss. He's, well. Yeah, he's injured, so he's missing a heap of football. Zarakis has been like out it. for a bit, so I think probably and unlikely. For, and then nobody down. I mean, obviously five at Fremantle's going. That's to the thing. So we'll, we'll quickly load. Yeah, we'll run through it. So Freya next, obviously the main one there is five. Lockie Neal will poll pretty well as well, but I don't think Lockie Neal can win it from only, no, only, five only having dominating. one. But on top of that, but he's yeah, and that's the problem is only having one a guy that can't 
win it. That's the thing. What's interesting about this is do the umpires... If, let's say Frio win from here. So right now, Frio is sitting on six wins. Let's say they win another six or seven. Let's say they actually do quite well and nearly, nearly make finals. Do the umpires then think, well, there's no point us giving votes to... They're not meant to do this, but do they think, well, let's just not bother giving votes to five. If Lockie Neal has a blinder second half... It's interesting, isn't it? Because they're not. They're actually not meant to do this. They actually do get told by the AFL, this is... I'm not making this up. They five, get told that they have to give players votes regardless of being in and out. Yeah, five had 45 touches, 11 clearances and a goal mm. and somehow only managed one or none. Yeah, probably they, not. Yeah. I think the AFL, as much as they'd like to get in and go, guys, don't... Or just change the rule, go, as soon as you're out, you can't vote for them. Well, that's it. The next one, <laughs> Western Bulldogs. McRae was the real threat, but then now he's been out. And, and they probably won't bring him back for the year. There's probably no point. And but regardless of that, he's, you know, the, the team's yeah, not going to win many no, games. Not enough him. games for him to get They've up won there. four games, so that's not going to happen. The Gold Coast, don't know any, there's a lot. There's a don't lot know there. anyone who plays for Heaps long. there. There'll be probably 10, 10 pole getters they'll, there. They'll probably... Stewie Jew will win it. Do you know what? Funny thing is, they're probably going to have more points from wins than their team Brownlow votes combined. combined. There'll be a lot so of at the moment, terrible that's 12, records like that's that. That's 12. So I can't see them getting collectively 12 votes. Probably not. No. There you go. St Kilda, No. No one at St Kilda. There's no Brisbane. Just look. It's audio format, so they can't see you. But he looks pretty sad. And no, Brisbane, no. no. Carlton, no. Again, Cripps. Uh, it'd Cripps? be fascinating to see how many votes Cripps can get in a busted ass team, like a real busted I reckon, team. I reckon he gets well over. 20. I reckon Turner's going to get a bit too. Charlie. Yeah. I reckon Patrick Cripps will probably vote. I reckon Cripps gets fifteen. Four. I reckon he gets the most for, a, for. He could win the spoon and then get like fifteen votes. That would be fascinating. I reckon he'll get more than that. I reckon he's going to get twenty. How unbelievable is that? They're sitting at sixty-two percent. That's horrible, isn't it? That's amazing. So the it's top. Almost- Teams, the top teams are sitting at over, got, over double that Gold percent. Coast have won two more games than Randy got. Which is shocking, We've only it? got one more percent. Not half a percent more. Yeah. <laughs> They're terrible. Fascinating. Anyway. Well, that's no, our Brownlow review. So that's that's kind of what we think. I mean, that's we're, they're the kind of players we think that are in the run for it. So there's obviously a lot of players that we've just listed, and, it, and we don't know at all. Come and, round twenty, although we'll probably have a better idea. We'll do we'll a, talk about another recap his, before his, it. Yeah, each team's predictions and. Okay, so I I was lucky and went with. Mitchell before the season I'm still going to continue with that if you had to bet on someone right now who would it be? Jordan Ngoi you're, you're going to but that's Smokey or, or you think legitimately he's going to win it? Yeah I think he's got he's, legit- he's had a couple of pretty bad games you reckon he's going to pull enough to win it? I just think he could have a couple more big standout games Yeah well the, the, he's going to have to do them against good teams because Collingwood yeah. don't have the most amazing run home either no, that's, that's the bit that, that throws me with that but I, mean, I know I, what you're saying and I can't say Mitchell as well, I mean, okay. why not? No, why not? Who cares? Like, we that's it was blind luck that I threw it out there, and he's had such a good season. I mean, yeah. it wasn't terrible, you know, in terms of a chance, like, it seemed like a pretty obvious choice. He polled well last year, too. I think, well, the other, I think, Clayton Oliver's we talk about smoke, he's clearly Mitchell's. I don't know what it, in terms of the betting odds, but you would assume he's the favorite, yeah. I would say top three will be Mitchell, oh, obviously, no, five. No. But not, not eligible. Um, Mitchell, Degoe, and I reckon Gaff. I reckon they're going to be year three. Yeah. See, so I, I, I'm, yeah, I'll, I'm going to go with, yeah, I'm going to go with Mitchell, Gaff, 
Clayton Oliver. Yeah, that, 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 that's my three. Solid, yeah, Oliver's been very good. So that's, that'll be my three for what I think is going to happen from here. But look, yeah, we'll, we'll do another recap. But looking at the season post the bye, that's where we think. And we've named a lot of people. So it is a wide open season. And, you know... I think legitimately there's 10 or 12 players that could really win it. It's just like the season. There's yep. 10 real options that could legitimately get it from here. Mm. If Mitchell has a really quiet second half of the year, all of a sudden it opens right back up again. Yep. If he gets injured next week, then it's all, all, all open over. again. So that's the thing. This season is wide, wide open. If he uh, raises his elbow to a Ruckman again, he Probably might just get a couple of weeks. And that's... Yeah. It's like that, he should have anyway. Well, anyway. that's... that's Yeah, that whole thing with Goldstein wasn't great. But anyway, let's, let's keep moving. So that's our kind of Brownlow thoughts as well. Now, we want to talk a little bit about the Coleman because this is a... It's a fascinating year where, again, uh, pretty dude. pretty wide open. I mean, buddy, buddy, you reckon? <laughs> I mean, look, he's... he's so right well, now... From nowhere last year, he did it, so... So we'll, we'll go through the top 10. So right now, Ben Brown sitting at number one with 40 goals. And then number two, Jeremy Cameron, who's probably not going to get it, given he's going to miss, I would say, five or six weeks. 35 goals, and then Lance Franklin, 31. Jesse Hogan, 31. Jesse Hogan looked like it for a while there, but dropped, obviously, recently, as we spoke about. Jack Rewalt, 30. Uh, Will Hoskin-Elliott, 30. Josh Kennedy, 29. Tom McDonald, 28. And then Josh Kennedy, 28. And then I guess we can mention Darling at number Mm. 10, 28 as well, because he's going to be back at some stage. So after that, I mean, for argument's sake, so it's Bruce, Hawkins, Gunston, Lacroix. And then after that, it starts starts to drop off in terms of genuine No, I think it's a a Ben Brown, uh, Lance Franklin race from here. So Ben Brown right now, the, the, the benefit for Ben Brown is that they actually have a decent run home as well. So he's not going to be coming up against necessarily the best defence in the game from here. And he's number one forward weight out, so he's going to need to be kicking five or six well, goals. Wade will be back at some point, but you're right. That's the thing. He, so they've got uh, Essendon, and then they've got the Gold Coast. He's got a month now where he's got a legitimate chance to you know really push it up. He actually, I mean, he played okay against Sydney last time, so he's got Sydney then, and then he's got Collingwood. So it's an interesting month, but I think he's got a real chance still. Clearly, he's, he's a massive massive chance the the as you said from the start that the real i think cameron you can forget about given he's going to miss a massive amount of football and lance franklin is is, he's the he's the real one that that looms large there because he's only so right now he's nine behind yeah and he was eight or seven goals behind joe danaher final round last year and kicks 10 yeah so something like that so and and really he had he had his um, radar last two weeks he played? He should have kicked a lot more. He should be within probably two goals of Brown. Yeah. Jesse Hogan's an interesting one at number four. I mean, he's... How many goals is behind at the moment? So, Lance Franklin's sitting at 31, and then Hogan 31. Okay, so Hogan's still... A Hogan's still chance. very in much in the race. So, Hogan's sitting at a point where he could really smash it from here, but he's going to really need to turn his form around, and we've speculated whether there's some injury issues or mm. what the deal is, because his positioning the other night was poor. Very poor. So, that, but he may just have to become a Mister Fixit if um, Tom McDonald's got an injury. That who knows? Puts and him that's out for it, a while. Is, it is an interesting scenario. Jack Rewalt is a, a funny one in that he's been really good this year. 
year, but I don't. I absolutely think he won't win it because of the way Hardwick uses him. So exactly, I don't think Hardwick. He's more of a decoy rather than anything else. And, and with Caddy kicking and heaping yeah. goals as well, and then you got Preston. He affects the contest back. too well. There's no yeah. need to, and he's been such a selfless player all year. There's yeah, he's he's not going to win it. Will Hoskin Elliott has been fantastic, but Collingwood have such a spread of goals. I, I really don't think that's going to happen. So he's sitting at thirty. 30. So he's not far off the pace. He's not too so, far yeah. off the pace as well. Uh, so Jack Rewell thirty, Hoskin Elliott thirty, and then it, into the twenties now. So Josh Kennedy sitting at twenty nine now, which West, is disgusting considering how many which games is, which is unbelievable given how many games. That's that is an amazing. It's probably the most amazing. St- I mean, I, I guess Hoskin Elliott being that high isn't very amazing, but Kennedy. I mean, that's that's obscene like to be he's missed so much football sitting at 29 goals mm. still being a chance you know he's he's 11 off the off the top Gee, two, two games for him. That's one the thing. good game. He, so Kennedy, I still think is a massive chance, yeah. and I know, I know we're only saying the really obvious ones, but, I mean, but that's how can you count them out? I mean, I think Franklin and he've done it before. They, Franklin and Kennedy multiple times, multiple six, seven, eight, nine bags, bags yeah. in a season. Mm. So yeah, they're more than capable of doing it. Tom McDonald's a real chance as well. I mean, if Melbourne stick to not. The, you know, following the temptation of throwing him down back and kind of filling, you know, that whole Jake Lever hole, so to speak. Yeah. Um, that's an interesting prospect, but I, th- I still think Tom McDonald is is going to kick a fair few. So he's a bit of a chance as well. But it's you, you want he and um, and Hogan and you know a lot of their smalls to to spread. I don't don't. I think Melbourne would rather see big spreads. By a long way. Yeah. yeah. If Tom McDonald's kicking three or four, they'd be happy as long as he was doing his other bit and other players were kicking two or threes. Yeah. yeah. Caddy's sitting at twenty eight, but again, sim- exactly the same thing with Freewell. Um, at Richmond, he's you know twenty eight is obviously quite good, but I don't see that happening. He had that run of you know five goals a week for a while there, which was really good. Darling is an interesting one. So he's sitting at twenty eight. So he's twelve from the top. The, the big challenge for him is is just time. So he's it sounds like he's still going to be at least another week or so. Yeah, he's gonna. So he's probably let's say best case scenario, he has about seven games left between now and then. If he averages kind of four, three, four goals a game, which would be really good. Right. He averages around that. That's you know possible. It's possible that he could do it, but he's going to have to either do a few bags and a couple little ones, or just be super consistent. You know, that I can't see him. It's he, unlikely. I, I can't see him kicking a fair eight, bit behind eight to ten goal game. Not with the way they what, play. Which is what you need. you need. One of those games in a season, history says, to win the Brownlow. Oh, the Coleman. Oh, sorry, the yeah. Coleman. Yeah, the Brownlow. No, Brownlow be hard. Lockett's the only one that could do it. Yeah. Um, and then after that, it drops. So Luke Bruce is sitting at twenty-seven, and then. Hawkins 25, Gunston 25. So I think none of those guys are no. going to do it, no. So I think right now, the, the ob- very obvious ones, especially with Jeremy Cameron murdering somebody, Ben Brown, Lance Franklin, and, and Kennedy. Kennedy are the very major ones. And then I would say Darling is the, that slight outsider, slash and, McDonald, a bit of an outsider as well. And I'd say yeah, Rewalt as well. Just, we know he's capable of it. I don't think he will. Again, I agree with you. No. Richmond's game plan doesn't. <laughs> especially with the run home and the teams they're playing. Looking ahead, with the kind of games that Jack's going to have to play, I just don't see them being in scenarios where they're playing no. awful teams where it's a Brisbane where they can, you know, just not care and then set him up and, you know, really, really? kind of give him a massive score. So I, I don't I don't see... To me, I don't see that happening. So, But, um, yeah, that's that's a kind of a bit of a recap. But clearly Ben Brown sitting in a really good position, five goals in front. It's, it's his really to lose in a lot of respects. 
especially with weight out, yeah. as you pointed out. So that that's a really interesting proposition. And, you know, forget about Cameron. I don't think he's going to be able to win it, given how much football he's likely to miss. We're recording this Tuesday night, so we'll... Probably, we'll, know, we'll know the results soon. It started yeah. at seven o'clock. It might already be out by now, but I don't. I don't think so just yet. But um, in terms of the you know overall list, you know, with Franklin sitting at thirty-one, forget about Cameron at thirty-five. Ben Brown's really sitting at nine goals in front because Cameron's not going to win it from here. No. So it, it, he's sitting nine in front, which is a you know it's it's, it's really easy to lose. And then with North's run home, as we spoke about, you know, such a a massive chance as well. So. Let's pivot into the next topic. So next topic was Rising Star. So this is probably going to be pretty brief because we have sort of highlighted this already. But I think it's, so it's going to be... Yeah, I think it's going to pretty much be your man. So why don't you talk about your man at Collingwood? Yeah, so Jaden Sefferson so has had an absolute Amazing. blinder first year of football. If nobody was following or has heard the story behind this young gentleman from the eastern suburbs of Melbourne, he was touted as a top three potentially first round, first pick in yeah. the AFL and then it was known that he had a heart condition. So a lot of the teams went, oh, it's, is it worth the risk? No, no, no. So ended up going pick six. So still pretty high and Collingwood are playing, paying the biggest dividends ever. He's, mm. he's basically fixed their goal-kicking issues yeah. and the pace around the forward line. He's just been very, very solid since the very first game. I think he kicked three goals or two goals in his first game and then yeah. his second or third game he kicked he's five. Been, he's kicked 21 for the year. 25, so, so that's a very good return. for 21, someone. 21 he's kicked. Yeah, so he he's quite tall. He's about... For a small forward, he's 188. Yeah, yeah, it's 188 centimetres, but he's only 77 kilos. So as soon as he adds another five, six kilos to that frame, oh, wow, yeah. if he doesn't lose much of that pace, he is going to be something like a small Jesse Hogan. In the, mm. He's fearless. He can run and jump. he got great goal sense. He probably really good will awareness have, as well. Yeah, and good he, mark. And he's probably also going to have the engine to run through the midfield. So if they keep Jordan Ngoi and they've got him, Will Hoskin Elliott, and then all his other freak midfielders yeah. they literally just need uh, Big Lynchy down there which they'll probably get in the off season mm. and they're going to have a super super forward slash running midfield for years to come but yeah I can't see I had uh, Davis Uniac at the start of the year but for whatever reason North have not played him as regularly as I thought they would have so he's not going to poll enough votes uh, in the eyes of the, the panel no, so no way um, yeah so this is the guy um, unless Collingwood decide to rest him throughout the second half the year, which even he said may happen. He doesn't know just for I don't think so. Durability. He's I, can't, so well. I don't think they will. I think he just thought well, just for durability and longevity and all that type of stuff. Being so young because he, he's eighteen or nineteen. Whether they do that, but he, I can't see anyone. If he just plays his normal role that he has all year. He's gonna no. So he's kicking. That's it. So he's he's played thirteen games. He's kicked twenty one nine for the year. Seventy one percent disposal efficiency average throughout the year. He averages thirteen possessions. You know he's. he's his average score involvement is five, which is yeah, starting wow. to get towards really That's solid. Yeah, average marks four, average tackles three. You know, he's he's a seriously good player. So yeah. I, I, you know, this is somebody. You know, he's he's gonna. I would say almost certainly, unless something really massive happens, like a well, the obvious thing is injury or resting or something like that. There's a few that are knocking on the door, but there's a. It's still daylight between. I think he. Yeah, not like last year else. where there was three legitimate contenders for for that um, yeah. award. 
it's it's daylight between. I think so. Like you've got a few like Adam Chair and a couple of others around the yeah. place, but it's yeah. I mean, you know, Lockie Hunter's been good. He's done some good things, but it's such a bad team and it, the securities. You know, it's what can you do? Yeah, exactly. So right. I think yeah, the, the reality for me is I think, I think he's a massive one. So playing very good in a very good team. I think so, and that's it. And so shout out to us if you've got anyone that you want us to sort of talk about, or if there's anyone you thinks in a in a big chance of winning the Rising Star. For us, we think it's pretty unanimous at the moment. I really don't think there's a chance that anyone's going to do it with those numbers. I mean, he no. looks he looks unbelievable. So next one we're going to go into is trade period. So we're not going to do sort of too many massive, you know, up in the air type scenarios because obviously we we, we don't, you know, we, we, we said from the outset with this podcast that we're not going to make this a really speculative kind of crazy, you know, guesswork conspiracy type scenario. We want to keep it as grounded as we can. Right now, there are a lot of people that haven't signed. So I think that the best way to do it is what we'll do is we'll run through a bunch of players and who, who we think is, is a real chance to, to legitimately leave. So we'll start at the top. So the, the obvious one, so we'll start with, we'll do alphabetically. So we'll go Adelaide first. So the, the very obvious one is Rory Sloan. Sloan. So, so what do we think? Do we think he's gone? Yeah. I, I mean, as every week goes on, I say he's coming back to Melbourne. Yeah, and he's a Melbourne boy. His wife's Melbourne. Uh, she's in the media. But her capacity to earn is more, more here as well. Yeah, he would like to obviously play at a big Victorian club, but I think he would be lured to any, well, almost all Victorian clubs um, given the right circumstances. So I heard Jake Lee interviewed, and he reckons Rory's more likely to stay. He likes Adelaide, but I think it's got more to do with his family and wife's decision yeah. and what their their, their um, bigger plans are. After to football I think so I think he's gone and I think the you know the, the, all the talk is Hawthorne and I think that's a possibility St Kilda as well are going to you know have a real shot at him as well apparently Carlton are quite into him too so there's there are Essendon as well apparently are pretty keen so there's, yeah. there's there's a few very big clubs that are wanting him I personally think he's gone so if you didn't see in the last few days Tom Lynch the Adelaide variety Tom Lynch has signed till 2021 so he's out of it now Mitch McGovern. Now, the notion, so he's contracted until the end of 2020. The talk, and this is the thing, that Adelaide have denied these rumours, but apparently he does have an out clause in his contract. So given the amount of noise around it, you'd think that it, it is some, there must be some validity to it. Otherwise, a lot of this noise would just sort of go away. You would think eventually. What do you think about him? I think... Do you think he's a chance? Yeah, I think, and I think Adelaide will be smart and they'll be starting to broker deals at the moment moment or putting discussions in place to work out a win-win situation they've already been in that scenario where player has wanted to go home and panned out ugly before they basically got the deal done so i think they will want to avoid that and get the most out of it as possible yeah which i think is a smart way to do and i think all clubs need to do they've got to play especially they're going to have people that keep leaving get something for it yeah get something for it make them feel happy that they open to a deal too it might not be their first especially if it's a melbourne um, player coming back like those for example they say oh my first pick's Carlton but they can 
it. Yeah, but they can get a deal done with the dogs. Yeah. You get the deal done with the dogs, at least they're back in the state and they'll be happy they're home and all that type of stuff. So I think I think he's And you I have that conversation yeah. with the player, first and foremost, say, okay, okay, we understand you're not happy. That's if this is the case. You're not happy. If we don't what can we do and we don't you? know, yeah. Yeah, I get that's the club you want. If we can't get a deal that works for us, are you happy if we get give us your priority, give us your list of clubs you want to go for and then we'll work from there. Well Sloan's gonna have the thing about it is yeah, Mitch McGovern's more of a kind of a wild rumour. Yeah. The Sloan thing has clearly has a lot of validity to it because the reality is that he's he's going to have a big decision in front of him, and if yeah. if he's in a scenario now where I mean obviously he's earning quite well at Adelaide, but he's going to have the capacity to earn basically the same as he would in Melbourne, and then play for a big club and and be back. So it, it is um it is an interesting thing now where I, I just think that they're in a situation Adelaide where if if they've got to get the best they can for for Sloan and a couple of these guys have actually got pieces that they could use so the uh, Lacocious situation as well with Adelaide where there so this is the young boy that it looks like is probably going to go number one draft pick as an Adelaide boy and looks like he's going to be a future forward for the next 10 to 15 years he looks amazing so I think the notion is Adelaide would love to get him if they can deal off Sloan get some pieces off of Carlton or somebody like that yeah absolutely or St Kilda or whoever and then they can you know ideally use those but we're not going to kind of break we're not going to spend so much time we'll break down exact deals but there, there are clear pathways for him to return yeah absolutely you'll start and we'll start seeing this as being quite a regular norm you yeah. know in postseason uh, AFL with the draft and trade everyone will look at where are these players that are going to be high picks what state are they from and if that's a non-Victorian club, those clubs will move hell and high water to try and get that pick if they're in the market too. Yeah, without a doubt. And they, it, they want to get the best they can for him. And, yeah. and why wouldn't you? Yeah, so absolutely. And, I, and Carlton will be sorry. doing their well. Um, Carlton will be doing their most as well, I reckon, to get picks oh, two, sure. and, two and three in the draft. That, well, that's Even if that means giving up one. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. what. That's the aim, without a doubt. So we'll scoot through this one pretty quickly because I again, it, it's it's a Tom Brown thing, so it could yeah. be complete rubbish. Is Brisbane? Lions, so there's talk that Dane Beams might come home, but I mean he's just Fine had a child. Yeah. I don't don't think we've got no idea whether that's the case. I, yeah, I don't want to give that a lot of time. The next one is Carlton. So they've just signed. So they've here's the situation. So they've re-signed uh, recently Charlie Kerno, so that's obviously very good. Patrick Cripps is still signed, so he can't leave. They've obviously got to sign him um, ongoing in terms of this year. Do they move Mark Murphy on? The the big thing with Murph is is what can they get for him in in value? That that's the big question. Who's willing to pay what? And I'm sure they're they're looking at it. And if there is a club that is right on the precipice of, of top four slash finals, apparently Geelong are very into him. I've heard there's you know a bit of, Essendon did actually go for him a few years ago. So there, there is a a chance that he goes to Essendon, and I know that was quite a hard decision, but he ended up staying with the Blues. North, uh, apparently, well, they've got such a you know war chest, as you keep hearing, is the um, cliche, but they, they do actually have a lot of money in the cap, and they've got to give it to somebody. So some sort of maturity there might actually be good for their side. The big question is, how is his body? And and he's and obviously had, again, the injury. And I, don't, I personally don't think people are going to offer as much as they think they're going to get for him, and I, I reckon he might. I Personally, I think he's probably, in the end, going to stay. Stay, yeah. Because 
because in terms of the pathways, unless unless Carlton, I think Carlton have want, some sort of scenario. Carlton will want too much. I don't know. Yeah, it's 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 fascinating to see. Well, yeah, I mean that's it. Andrew McKay uh, left today, so there's a, a lot of movement going on at Carlton. It'll be fascinating to see what happens at the end of the year. Yeah. Oh, look, I think it's a fifty-fifty situation, but I mean he's given so much to this club. You wouldn't feel you know sort of too bad if he was to leave as a Carlton no. supporter, surely, but. I think the Geelong one is... I've heard that, that's they, a real chance. That meant they got another young up-and-coming mid or key forward. Absolutely, you'd go, yep, Murphy, you've been a servant, but you get a two or three years somewhere else and we get a, a younger player that we can... Obviously... Well, maybe Geelong look at it and do a George Hall and Smith for a Murphy. Yep. Murphy nice. plays forward or something along those lines. And they, you know, there's a bit of a pick involved in it as well to sort of sweeten the, the deal. But who, who knows? There's so many different scenarios that it could get played out and that's not why we're doing this. It's more to kind of say, Go no, yes stay, or what's going to happen around it? But uh, yeah, that that's that's the only real main one with Carlton. So heading into Collingwood now as well. So obviously the big one is to Goey. Uh, all you hear is that he wants to stay. He resigns, and he's resigned. So I think we, I, I think we forget about that. I think they're going to figure out a way of keeping him because I think Darcy Moore's gone, which means they don't have to pay more, yeah. which means they've got more money, um, and they'll back in to Goey's deal so that they can figure everything else out. So Absolutely. I think I think to Goey's going to stay. For Solo, I think, will go. So I think for Solo, he's going to go. And I think he maybe goes to a Geelong. Apparently, he's been quite into him as well. So that would fix, uh, you know, with Menzel sort of being in and out and everything going on and, and needing scoring opportunities. I think he, he could be interesting down there. So you've heard, I've heard a bit of that. Also, apparently, the Eagles were, well, they were keen on him last year. So do they have another go at him again this year? Be interesting to see what happens. I, I reckon he's going to go, though. I, I actually don't think he's going to stay. I reckon what they'll get offered, they won't be able to say no to. I actually think he's going to get some decent offers. I think a lot of people rate him and I think, you know, he's obviously had a few mental health issues throughout the the last little bit and, and physical ones as well, but a lot of players do and he was, you know, he had the courage to come out and talk about it publicly. It's not necessarily, I don't think yeah. it's, it's not his fault. So, yeah, it'd be interesting to see, but I, I reckon he's going to go. Uh, and then the last one is more. So do you, do you agree with me? Do you think he's gone? Yeah, he's went. He went two months ago. Yeah. So I, I've heard that he's told Sydney verbally that that he's that he's coming. Yeah. So that's all you hear is that that's very much um, very much on the boil. So I, obviously nothing's been signed, but you hear that that's extremely done. So yeah. and you don't tend to hear that until very rarely do you hear that sort of stuff and then it's nothing. It nothing. doesn't happen very often. So yeah. Essen and Aaron Francis and Kyle Langford. So you know, uh, yeah, I two interesting ones. I reckon Francis gets I reckon Essen work with Adelaide, Adelaide and yeah. someone else. He's part of that deal. Yeah. And if they get he might be part of the Sloan deal. Yeah. So somehow yeah, works that'll be a multiple trade. I think they were they were wrong to keep Francis at Essen. And he wanted to go back. Yeah, um, I can't understand why, but he's doing all he can to get in there first, and they're not playing. So I think Diodora couldn't necessarily put a deal together, so it wasn't you know totally. Um, oh, okay, yeah, his fault. fault. Yeah, yeah, so oh, fault, I'd be yeah. very surprised if it's not at least. Um, looked into heavily by I think that's Adelaide, happen, Essendon, yeah. and probably one, maybe two other clubs where they can do a multi multi swap. But given Essendon, Essendon haven't got anything that no, mean, no, you know what I mean, yeah. But given that that Sloan is linked to Adelaide, you'd you'd think that he could potentially be a piece with it. Langford as well has has he's out of contract, and you know he he's really not you know cemented into their twenty two. You think he's a real chance to go? I would imagine as well. 
you know, he's, he's a quality player that, that I think can offer some to some clubs and maybe a breath of fresh air could could be good for him. It just depends where Essen probably look at the style of play that they do next year and whether he's needed for depth or yeah. whether they can give that opportunity or him an opportunity somewhere else and get somewhere that they need depth in. Yeah, it's hard to know with him. I think that's also a bit of a 50-50. And then going into the Dockers. So Adam Chair is, it's funny as this is modern football, isn't it? He's been around for five minutes and he's put off contract talks. It's being more and more like the NBA every um, every it's day. Mad. But it is, it's funny as, isn't it? Yeah. But yeah, so he's good on him. I mean, that's the thing. He's had a really good year and, and he looks really good. He looks like he's a real player. So why not increase your value? And we're going to see, whether you like it or not, we're going to see a lot more of that until... Yeah, um, they'll do their two years yeah. minimum and then go, all right, do why I want to go? Yeah, absolutely. It happens, so, it happens in mate, other sports. There's a number of, number of Victorian clubs that will be wanting to... He'll get, get big offers, for absolutely. sure. So he's someone that we've seen such a small amount of, it's really hard to tell you know whether he's going to go or stay. But I, I reckon he might... Might stay. I reckon they'll offer him some pretty big money, and he'll do a similar to a Charlie Kerno type scenario where he does a three or four year stint, just sees it out, you know, an Ollie Wines type scenario, and then in three four years when he's up for unrestricted, then he, you know, maybe he, you if, know, comes back. If home. one of Richmond, Hawthorne, Geelong, Collingwood slash Essendon, yeah, have a play at him, Geelong he, would he love can, it. He can he considers it's heavily because they're big clubs with success. Yeah, ways to get into something after football or, yeah any of the other clubs like the lesser Melbourne clubs I don't think he would entertain too much and he would no. stay but if some of those more powerful clubs in Melbourne do yeah. he'd consider and his, uh, his player manager will he'll have to he'll have to field office because he's going to get them so that, that'll yeah. be fascinating to see uh, Ed Langdon's another one as well so Melbourne uh, were you know there's a lot of talk that they you know that there's been already dealings back and forth around him uh, Secured are pretty keen on him as well. He, he'd be really good in their side. Pies are pies are into everybody. So that's no surprise. Yeah, they'll just throw. They'll, yeah, you free? Let's have yeah. a chat. <laughs> you had a go there. Come here. He's a Maguire case of money. Um, North Melbourne as well. You know, so they obviously got the got the war chest. So they'll they're talking to everyone they can. Yeah. But yeah, it. I think you know. Obviously, you know, his brother plays for for Collingwood. So I think that you know Eddie will be using that as much as he can. And yeah. it's sort of like how Tom Lynch's sisters playing with Richmond and all this different stuff so I mean who, who the hell knows Melbourne nice. Melbourne uh, what's his name Rory Sloan's sisters playing with um, Melbourne, Melbourne as well so it, it's uh, who the hell yeah, knows I mean that doesn't that right. doesn't mean that any of this shit's going to actually happen but anyway look he's, he's, he's a player as well so it'd be interesting to see what happens with him yeah and then into the catter, so Cam Guthrie just signed. Sign, they will sign both of these guys. Yeah, I yeah. think we forget about this. The Cats sign everybody, so yeah. the two, don't let them go. The two Guthrie, well, you know, Stephen Wells is a, is the uh, superstar, and you know they're an extremely well run club down there. So yeah, Cookie's uh, a genius. So I think look, the two Guthrie signed. They signed the two of them up. Why not? Nice little package. Mm. Nice little presser with the That's two. It. And then Tim Kelly. I mean, look, there'll, there'll be big offers, but I reckon they'll figure out a way. Plus, the Cats will retire another couple of holders exactly. soon as well, and they'll have the ability. And you'd think, you know, even, you know, it's getting towards the point with Joel Selwood and a couple of these guys where they're probably to, well, they're clear towards the back end, but only a couple of years more to go, and they take such a huge amount of the cap, so they could structure a deal up over five years and back end it a bit so that he can stay in. And yeah. I think he's going to stay. He looks happy there. So. Looks happy, and you know, he, he's a star and mentors and everywhere. It's, it's it's yeah. I, 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 he's one of my favourite young players. Gold Coast Suns. Who cares? Um, the next no no. So well, well we already know 
Lynch is gone. So let's just throw that straight out of the gate. He's gone, and he'll be at Hawthorne, Collingwood, or Richmond next year. Yeah, wow. I think all, almost certainly. I think that Mel- Melbourne are a very small chance, and apparently they are trying to move a couple of pieces to, to make that happen. You do hear a lot of talk about the Saints. They have Well, they have made a presentation to uh, his manager uh, in... Um, I think it's Paul Connors is his manager, but mm. regardless of whoever the hell it is. Oh, yeah, look, I think Lynch is a is a, a real massive... He's the, he's the biggest... Out of everyone in the lineup. he's the biggest chance to see it later. I think, he, I think he's number one, and slowly followed by Sloan after that. I think they're... The, they're the, and they're the, ironically, they're the two big fishes, and I think they're both going to go. So... Richmond are in a funny sort of predicament with Rance saying that no no do we you know upset the apple cart you know to get a big fish which was the words that he used but you yep. know <laughs> I think and the answer I, might be yes and the two other players I don't never heard of yeah <laughs> I, not really I, I was expecting you to not have heard of them but I like <laughs> yeah. Aaron Hall I, Aaron I, Hall Aaron chose Hall's to go a, there didn't he yeah, he's an idiot yeah, yeah but okay. I think he'll he'll probably go again um, where's he gonna go yes will don't know, maybe Will Brody, yeah, and another one. He's, yeah, he'll probably go to Carlton. Will yeah, Brody. I'd imagine Cadden, uh, yeah. Soft Style, Soft Style, yeah, that's yeah. It. So Jack uh, Scrimshaw is, uh, yeah, another one. Yeah. But again, yeah, I, yeah, don't know. Uh, GWS Josh Kelly. So this is this, and then obviously Dylan Shields, the other one too. So, but are they free agents? Or no, so it's and... a funny. So apparently Shield has an out clause. I was going to say, I didn't think GWS had any free agents at the start of the year. No, so. So okay, so Kelly is contracted till the end of 2019, but apparently there's a clause in his contract that right. that, that that both parties could exit at the end of 18. So he is gettable apparently, and also Shield is gettable Jeez, apparently. We'd have, have to throw a shitload at him. Well, the talk is that a St Kilda or North. a North or one of these clubs that's down the bottom in Victoria would offer you know significant ups to get him, and maybe maybe GWS take that with the draft that's coming in too. Maybe they roll the dice and they think, hang on, but. The big problem is that then they're pretty much sending the message that this window is shut. Really? I mean, it's pretty much what it looks like. Yeah. So it's an interesting situation. And then the other one's Tomlinson, who I think is um, probably going to go as well. So I think the Saints are going to have another try at him. They tried to get him last year, but they couldn't get it done. I think he's probably going to go as well. Another sauce number, maybe to Carlton as well. So. I'll be interested. I reckon there's some listed players at GWS that get bandied about that mm-hmm. did not talked about as well. Yeah, um, there'll, there'll be a few. Yeah, yeah because so th- the balance is not right this too much of the same age bracket there they need to get either, they need to get some big physical bodies I reckon and probably some they could get some of the young the real young players in that club I don't think they need as much very young players yeah and it's funny I think they need more diversity in their list that's, that's a yeah, not, all these, a good not all these pristine super skilled they need just some need grunts, some scruff need some, some, some Sicily type some um, Guthrie anger. type stuff Oh, they would have. They would have loved to have gotten yeah. up there. But anyway, I think yeah. Look, I, there there are a few. Look, don't be surprised if you see some some stuff moving oh, around. The, if there's if clubs you know, are going to knock on the door, check, and, and and you know, it, it's funny that comment that Eddie made a few years ago about how um, the there's going to be a scenario in five six years time. This was about a year into GWS that there'll be a scenario in five or six years time where everyone's going to come nipping at this pie that's been overloaded. That yep. people are going to start taking pieces off it and it's already started to happen so the can uh no one really at hawthorne is there there's nothing there's no one show showmakers goes but he's but he's he's gone anyway though piopolo probably goes showmakers gonna get delisted surely yeah but do you think he retires yeah yeah i reckon and 
Burgoyne potentially hangs up the boots if this injury is worse than first thought. The other thing is, Rioli is probably the further, he, the longer he's away from the game, the longer he, closer he is to never playing again. So, big changes at Hawthorne, I reckon. Yeah, but there's no kind of, no, there's no, they're not, there's no one that's kind of, you know, getting, there's no sort of some, oh, well, look, no, everyone's they're, signed. they're in the <laughs> Everyone's signed. Yeah. Like, it's only those players that I mm. mentioned. So, White Cross, yeah. I think. To like they've done with some of their older players in the years gone by. I think they try and get a deal done with Brisbane mm. or Gold Coast. Yeah, and he extends uh, White Cross for the Gold. Uh, he might not like another Gold Coast, but to have that type of player there who's just hard nut, uh, does all the small things, would actually probably galvanise a lot of that forward half of their team. But having said that, they're probably going to lose Lynch yeah. in the process. So, yeah, interesting one. But yeah, look, look, I think Hawthorne I think there's has more coming in rather than going out. Yeah, that. I think <laughs> Hawthorne's a lot of changes at Hawthorne this year. Yeah, yeah. Clarko number five. Let's get into Melbourne Demons. So, Brayshaw, so this. Signs. Yeah, don't worry about this. So, he's going to sign. The only reason he's put the contract off talks is to raise his value. Yeah. Jesse Hogan, yeah, forget about him. So I think well, he's, I'm, he's no, no. one of those. I think next he will year. go back west, but not, but not yet. He's going to stay at Melbourne for a little bit longer because, like a Kelly, he just wants to see whether he can get a flag if, at the team that he's if currently either of, at. If either he will WA, go back west. If either WA team wanted to go after Hogan this year, they'd have to play, pay massive overs. They will. They probably will. But I don't think it, I don't think it will happen. But he he I, I, I guarantee you he will playing think, overs this year. No, well, no this West year Coast can't because they're pretty maxed out. The Frio is the one that you want to watch unless they wanted to give Gaff and a couple other well players. they won't do that though and Gaff I think will resign we'll get to that in a minute but Hogan's an interesting one but I think Hogan's going to be there for at least another couple of years and then it'll be interesting I reckon he signs another contract at Melbourne Prob- I agree yeah but shorter yeah. contract not a yeah, massive another contract. two year extension yeah, that's yeah. exactly yeah. it yeah, yeah. so we agree next one Tom McDonald so he's resigned that's it Dom Tyson um, so yeah interesting one I think that I reckon the club will hold off this and, yeah. and, and float where they if they can just build probably they need back more backline depth. Mm. If Lever is an indication of where they're gonna struggle. Well they I mean they would like, I mean there's not too many amazing pieces like that that they could get right now, especially with the number of the signings that have happened in the last few months. But you're right, if they could trade for somebody and get someone that could be a lever type backup. Yeah, that would just be... someone who's on the periphery at a, a, a good club. Mm. Um, I can't think of any off the top of my head. Well, I'm a lot sure. of them have signed the problem. Yeah. So Stewart signed at Geelong. A, num- a number of these guys have... have... No, I'm talking about guys that are in the reserves that can't get a game. Well, those sort of players, yeah. Well, there's a yeah. few. There'll be a couple around there. So that they might hang him out to dry. Yeah. North don't have anyone that's... No, that's um... most of their unrestricted are uh, quite senior. So they'll probably just retire yeah. anyway. You would imagine so. And Wade and people like that. Yeah. Are, you know, obviously he's not going anywhere again. It does a Dwight Howard and plays another club. Yeah. Next one, uh, Port Power. So yeah, wines the sign. So that's it. Richmond. So Richmond's an interesting one. So there, there are a few people uh, at Richmond that could, you know, really. Uh, they've actually because well, so firstly, the, the key thing with Richmond is that their VFL side has been amazing. Like they've just been blaring it. So with with the amount of talent in there, what happens? So I mean. The major one, obviously, is Shea Bolton. So he's been really good in the twos and can't get a game. pretty much can't get a game. So he's a massive part of it as well. You'd think Sam Lloyd's a bit of a chance as well. Corey Ellis can't get a game. Um, Connor Menadue, you know, he's sort of in and out as well. So I don't know. It's, it's an interesting situation. They've got a couple that, that could really be sort of in and around the mix. And Jaden Short's another one too. So he's he's out of contract as well. So But nothing kind of major. And if they, if they do make the big play for, 
Lynch, I'm sure they'll try to dangle a couple of these pieces up to the Gold Coast as a switch with some some picks. But um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see. But there is a pathway um, for Lynch to come to Richmond, but nothing kind of too major at Richmond. All the majors have all been signed. It's just the premiership. That's the dangling carrot, isn't it? Yeah. Come come here, get a flag. Come here, flag. Saints, Sam Gilbert, he's 400 years old. I don't think that matters. I think he'll either retire or... I mean, where's he going to go after this? Um... North? Yes. Get a bit of maturity in there. So, North... Catton... No, he'd, he'd be good at North. Um, Brisbane would probably offer him a, a lifeline. Gold for Coast. That. But I don't think he'd go to Gold Coast. I well, think no, he'd be happy to go to I'll Brisbane, wouldn't. though. Yeah. Um, go up there um, with Rob, Robbo and Hodgie, the old, old trio. Wow. Um, he, he's still a very... I mean, he's elite He's good kicker. for their team. They might keep him. Yeah, right. who knows? He's had a setback with his injury, so they, he thinks they think he's going to be back in next week or two. And that'll yeah. be and that'll show. Like He's going to be playing near his best to probably keep his spot there, I reckon. Yeah. Uh, next into, so there's not many other kind of major aspects. Obviously, the, the ins are going to be far more interesting with St Kilda, which we'll talk about later in the year. Sydney Swans, Jake Lloyd. So he's the real big one. So Jake Lloyd out of contract and reportedly not uh, Yeah, I'm really... Players. He's not playing like that. No, so, well, I think he's wanting to raise his value as hard as he can, and I think Sydney are finding it hard with the salary squeeze they've got at the moment. So, you're keeping them all, yeah. That's the thing, they've they've got to re sign a hell of a lot of talent because all of a sudden a whole lot of their kids have, you know, ronk and all these jokers have just come out of nowhere. So now they're going to have to find money for all these people. And, you know, the the problem is the buddy deal is still costing them a fair bit of money. So, there's, yeah, it's hard. I mean, I I know that it helps with uh, Tippett retiring and a few of these other aspects, but they've got a truckload of players they need. Unfortunately, Tibbet's salary is in the books still because he retired during. It, it the, is, yeah. but even if they try to, the problem is though, even if they try and you know back end it, players think that's bullshit. I'm a young player, I want some money now, and it's it's entitlement like, era. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So you know, Sydney siders. So <laughs> yeah, they, they need to cash to stay. Well, they, they need the rents expensive. So that's the thing. And uh, we saw uh, old mate, um, what's his name, playing with the Sydney Uni. Well, that's interesting. The rent. <laughs> Don't worry about Sloan Hawthorne. Go after Jake Lloyd, mate. Need another quality defender. He's a really good player. He's such a good player. Well, maybe Melbourne go for him. Wow. There you go. Could be a, he is could a conspiracy theory. Tinfoil hat. Here we go. Well, the two, the two money clubs, the, free two, agency. the two, two Richies come together and have a conversation we over should... a, a cognac and a <laughs> cigar. Yeah. Maybe. That's how it's done, isn't we it? We should do on the uh, live show, we should put tinfoil hats on for the, <laughs> for the free agency <laughs> chat. That'd be funny as. Uh, Jared McVeigh's 400 years old. He He'll retire, I would imagine, at the end of the year. Up or he sun. plays one more year and, yeah, who cares? He's up a star. Yeah. I, uh, no. He'll stay at Sydney. He's not going anywhere. No. He's, and his brother's up there now as well at GWS, and they've got family there, and they've got young kids. They're not mm. moving. Next, Nick Newman. Uh, yeah, interesting. He's... Um, Newman. He's kind of been in and around, but he is a Victorian boy. and They'll um, shop him around, I reckon. You would think he's going to be a piece that they'll probably use to try and bring something in. Especially if he wants back yeah. in Melbourne. Um, well, why not? And there'll be someone that'll come up there. Absolutely, so, yeah. And Sydney are always looking to improve. So they're, they're someone that you know get, gets the notion of rebuild. Is that We're always in a rebuild because you're always trying to keep pieces, pieces yeah. coming in and out. West Coast Eagles. So this, is, this starts to get very interesting. So they've got some pretty major ones. So obviously the very, very big one is Gaff. So the the rumor is that Eagles have offered him sort of sevens to eight hundreds. Now, 
it's interesting. I mean, it's still very, very good money, but he's been unbelievable this year. He could win the brand line. So it's it's yeah. a fascinating situation where it's exactly like what we're saying with Sydney, a very good team with a lot of good players. So it, you can't fit everybody in there, and it's hard, it's tough to convince everyone to take a little bit of under so they can keep this team together. So. He's a fascinating one. I, 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 th- I still think Gaffey's going to stay, but at the same time, I think there's a real chance he goes south. Well, southeast. Southeast. Yeah. <laughs> I can't go too far south in the water. Yeah, they haven't got a team in Tassie yet. Um, yeah, look, I think he's closer to signing before the year's out as well. I don't think he'll get a six-year contract. I don't think West Coast are willing to give him six years. Mm. But why would you want a six-year deal? Take four at 800. Yeah, I think that's the way to do get it. Get a so. flag or two. Potentially, yeah. like, given how good this team looks, I think he's going to stay. Yeah, and if he was, I think Essendon are the most likely because his game and their game plans would, suit each other and extremely they would, And I'm well. sure the question's been asked, but it's a matter of whether Essendon's got the pieces to do the deal as well. So there's yeah. a few... They yeah, that, that's, to... it's going to be interesting, but he won't sign until the very back end of the year. I reckon he no. will sign that. And he's got every dollar he can, I reckon, given how good he's been this year. Yeah, absolutely. He's, yeah. Been, he's been one of the better players all he'll year, be a, as he, we just spoke he'll about. Get the, he'll get to decide his he's, own fate, I'd basically. Be sh- I'd be shocked if he doesn't finish top five in the brand line. And that's, you know, obviously pretty, pretty solid. That's, yeah, big... He'll be up in the MVP as yeah. well. Lysett's another one. So Lysett's an interesting one. He, you know, obviously the fresh air, he's a bit of, bit of a dance at times, but he is a good player. With Geelong's ruck woes, do they, do they make a play for Lysett? Who knows? I mean, there's a few kind of interesting no, scenarios around everyone. there. Well, they have signed everyone, yeah, so it so would be difficult. Very difficult. It would be difficult, but they are Geelong. They tend to pull rabbit out of hat style stuff. Stephen well, Wells can turn well, water into wine. So. Where's Tim Kelly from? He's, uh, a, he's, he's a Vic, isn't he? He's already Victorian. Yeah, yeah. no, so I was going to say, if he was a WA going. boy, that could be... Terrible deal, though, you keep Kelly. I know I know what you mean, though. But it's yeah. a win-win for both. No, 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 I, I agree. Well, that's a bloody big West Coast to be sitting back around laughing. Another small forward freak. Yeah, well, <laughs> they could play in the midfield. They'd be loving that. <laughs> Lacroix would probably have to retire because he'd be dominating. Yeah. So, But no, I think... Yeah, look, Lysette's an interesting one. And the other, obviously, massive one is um, old I think mate Lysette's, Jeremy McGovern. I think Lysette so. stays, I think, because Nick Nat... Hasn't I think he come, probably stays too. Well, Nick Nat knew he hasn't... Had an average quite, game again. Yeah, hasn't quite got back to where he was. But, yeah. you know, he had a big injury, so... Yeah. Yeah, so I reckon they keep him just because they need that backup ruck. I think so as well. And then, obviously, the big one, Jeremy McGovern... I think he is going to go. I, to I, I think Frio with his brother. Mm, no, I think the offers. I think he's just not going to be able to turn down the money. He's been yeah. offered unbelievable money. So North Frio, Carlton, St Kilda, Sydney, like so. He's, you hear 10, 15 teams are into him. So it's it. The, the offers he's going to get are just going to be too big. And apparently West Coast are only prepared to pay about eight, eight fifty. They just can't squeeze any more. And it's probably fair enough. That's fair enough. Too, but yeah. you know, Rance is taking about that. He got offered massive amount of money, but then he. Got got a flag so it's it's one of those things where he's going to have to weigh it up but he's going to be looking at a two to three hundred thousand dollar haircut if he stays at, at the um the coast so yeah, it's an interesting scenario they might get a flag which flags can persuade and that's it and then you can use and you'll learn more in your post career with the premiership and then the last team we better keep moving is the western bulldogs so we've got dalhouse liberatore wallace so i think liberatore is going to stay yeah and the other two and the other two are gone so yeah, mitch later. wallace is the other one so i think mitch wallace is 100 going to go Essendon. Essendon and then I think Dalhouse goes to Geelong, Geelong. yeah I think it'll swap not, for Hall and Smith or somebody yeah like and that. if it's not Geelong I reckon it's a North 
Possibly someone along those lines, but I think Geelong Geelong have been extremely into him. Into him, yeah. So and he's you know in it Loves from that surf. area, and yeah. So I think there's a massive chance. So that's that's all the team guys. So we wanted to do a quick sort of run through with that. If you've got any other players that uh, you're sort of worrying about or curious about, definitely hit us up on social media or email us at afldeepdive at gmail Thanks so much for listening. So we, we wanted to do sort of a mid-season chat. I think that was a bit of fun. We will do some some recaps, obviously, towards the back end of the year. And then post-season, we'll review every team. We'll really break it down. Yeah. And I think we're going to do six teams per episode. We sort of learnt our lesson doing nine and nine. We just couldn't fit it all in. So I think we'll do six, six, and six, spread it across, and we'll, we'll get you guys involved in terms of how what you want us to talk about. And we'll obviously and we're going to cover trade period heavily as well. So we'll be doing the trade period rev- Pre the first week, end of the first week, end of the second week, yeah. and through it. And the way the year's shaping up and probably pan right out to the end, it's going to be six teams at the top, six in the middle, yeah. and six at the bottom. We'll probably talk about in a breakup like that rather than alphabetical order. Yeah, that's true. If, it, if, it's really, it. if it's very clear cut that there were six teams above the rest, six middle rung teams and six rat teams. and we'll, <laughs> Six rats. Well, there's four at least at the moment. So. That's it. So thanks so much for listening, thanks, guys. guys. Really appreciate it. And uh, you'll have hopefully have a good weekend, Thursday football again. And um, this should and come nine, on. Nine games again. That's it, nine games. Enjoy. See you later.